we have officially tapped in welcome to another episode of clean breaks today is a day diaz versus fortuna and i think a fight that you might be looking forward to more so zero ramirez versus sullivan barrera all right so that's the card for today which is weird because i thought it would have been on the 10th and not the 9th but yeah. you know that's the zone and that's what they riding with who you got on on jojo diaz fortuna card i got jojo diaz you got jojo okay why so you said why why so yeah um, I agree. I think Jojo looks huge, even though he made weight. I think when he rehydrates, <clears throat> big guy. Fortuna's gonna be tricky, <clears throat> but not as tricky for Jojo because the southpaw advantage is taken away from Fortuna by Jojo being southpaw. Right. So normally, you know, where I think it would probably take Haney either a decision or somewhere between 10 to 12 rounds, between 10 and 12 before he would thoroughly start to beat up Fortuna. I think JoJo is going to get to him probably between rounds, probably seven and nine, a little bit earlier. Um, I think once he figures out the trickiness of Fortuna, the awkwardness, um, and once he starts to time him and see that, you know, Fortuna has a lot of things. He has some bad habits, and he has a lot of things that he just repeatedly that he does. And the fact that he won't have a southpaw advantage, I think uh, JoJo is just going to walk him down. And I think he's going to hit him to the body. And eventually, I think he's going to stop him. I, I say he stops Fortuna by round nine. I think a little later, but I think it's just going to be a fight. I don't, I don't, I don't think Fortuna is going to back down. I know he, no, Fortuna, I know, I know yeah, he can Fortuna box, won't back down. But mm-hmm. I think he, I think he wants what this will turn out to be. And JoJo looks fucking big, man. JoJo That's looks big. That's a problem. Big. That's a but he always he looks, looks he always looks big. He's just like he just puffs the fuck up after the uh after the weigh in. Like he just goes yeah. back and eats every goddamn thing and 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 blows up. But and that, and that's why I think it's gonna be earlier than later because I think JoJo um, he puffs up. I think that's a sign of not necessarily being in the best of shape. Um, and uh, he's gonna be heavier than he was his previous fights. True, true. he's carrying around more weight. He's gonna be using more oxygen. I think he's going to be a little bit more aggressive. And, and uh, I think he'll be cautious the first two rounds. I think after that, he'll throw all caution to the wind and just start to literally immediately walk him down. Beat him down. Yeah. 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 It should be make it should make for an exciting fight. <laughs> I just didn't, I was just like, what? The ninth? Like, why the ninth and not the tenth? But whatever, man. Like, I think it should be, it should be a it you know be why. A good, what, cheaper. Is it? It's cheaper. It's a bit the venue, the venue price is probably 15, 10 to 15% cheaper on a Friday than it is on a Saturday. Okay. Okay. The site cost. So it's like it's just like if you're throwing a party somewhere, right? If you want to do uh if you want to do a promotion, promote a party at a club and you want to get the whole venue out, it's gonna be cheaper to do it on a Friday than a Saturday. Gotcha, gotcha. Especially if it's not in this case, with as far as boxing, when it's not a big, a big name like this, not a huge big name yeah. where you know you're going to get a huge live gate. They're just, you know, risk management. They want to yeah. make sure they can cover their losses. Um, I mean, look at the venue that it's going to be at. So they'll they'll draw a, a large because of location, a large Mexican contingency and Latino contingency there. Um, I'm pretty sure the tickets aren't that expensive given the location and the date. And uh, obviously, I think the site fee is going to be a lot, a lot cheaper than it would be on a Saturday. A hell of a lot cheaper because uh, I don't think it was Dan Raphael <laughs> that posted 
the earnings. And I think Zero Zero will be getting like five hundred thousand, and Sullivan Barrera will be getting like a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand, or something like that. So I was like, oh, ain't no, they didn't really yeah. go out. They didn't really go out there to promote that or make it something big. So no. they're not expecting much from the card. But this is more like a buildup for both guys to the yes. next big fight. Yes, absolutely. This is like a stepping stone fight for either Fortuna Diaz because then they get Haney next. And to me, for Zerto, Sullivan Barrera's fought everybody. If he beats Sullivan Barrera, especially in impressive fashion, I think he gets Joe Smith Jr. I, that would be nice if he gets that, but I heard there's a rumor that uh, Joe Smith may end up fighting uh, Danny Jacobs at 175. I heard that too. I heard that rumor. I don't think Danny Jacobs is going to get that fight. Okay. Okay. I think there's a lot of energy with Canelo. And until the plant situation is figured out, you have to ask if you're Joe Smith, would you rather fight Canelo Alvarez or would you fight Danny Jacobs? You want to keep yourself available. You don't want to get locked in. True. But the, so Canelo's tying up. He needs to make divisions. a decision too. Yeah, he needs to make a decision too because we're we're in July now. He has maybe a week or two. Well, he's saying week. it's plant. They're saying it's uh, plant and his team and Al that are holding up that fight. That's what they claim. Well, it's always That's what Eddie something Hearn said. On. So yeah, it's all, yeah, well, and you can't. So you can't really nothing. trust what Eddie Hearn has to say. I mean, Eddie Hearn said Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury was going to fight. Then he doubled down a lot and said, I can't believe the fight is off. Um, how, did, how did he win his arbitration? I mean, he's nobody's that stupid. So yeah, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, but I think Zero Ramirez, I think this would be a good fight. I don't think this fight is going, I don't think that fight is going to last too long as well. I think once Zero Zero starts to get comfortable and he starts to understand that the guy in front of him may just be here to be here. He'll walk him down and bully him and get him up out of there. I like Zero Ramirez. I think he's a great fighter. I just think that it, at this point in his career and for the better success of his career, is they're going to have to start putting some 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 monsters in front of him. The better BS, the, the Joe Smiths, the fucking uh, better uh, Bivol. Like, they got to put these guys in front of him because he's ready. It's not like he's not ready. It's, yeah, it's time. He's ready. And, and he's next he, after he beats because Sullivan Barrera's fault. A lot of those guys. Yes. Um, he, he's, he's definitely that gatekeeper, solid pro at that level to where the only place to go from Sullivan Barrera is a title shot or a number one contender. In my opinion, I, I mean, Joe Smith is with top rank though, right? No, Joe Smith is over. He he's with uh, the zone, right? The zone. And he, uh, 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 I think Oscar he is, De La Hoya? is he with the zone? I don't know if Joe Smith is with Oscar De La Hoya. I don't know if he would network he fights on. I don't know if he fights on top rank, which is ESPN. I thought he fought on ESPN. Is let's, what I let's, thought. let's do the due diligence. Let's give yeah, it a let's look. do the due diligence on that because that, that dictates a lot. If um, even though Zerto doesn't require big money, so the fight could be made, Bob Aram would definitely make that fight because Zerto is not super expensive. And, um, you know, Bob is very willing to do business with uh, Oscar and Golden Boy, who Zerto signed with now, as opposed to doing, you know, it's a little bit more static with PBC and Al Heyman. I'm trying to find it, uh, see who he's, see who he is under. I believe it's top rank. It's not telling me. 
but I think it might be top ranked because F.A. Ajagba is uh, top ranked, right? Yes. He yeah. signed with top rank. Joe Smith Jr. is top rank. I've seen his fights on ESPN, so he's top rank. Yeah. So the car, the last car that Joe Smith was on was was this car, and he fought Maxim uh, Vaslov. Vlasov. Yeah, that was on ESPN. That was a great fight, by the yeah. way. That was a hell of a fight. I didn't see it. I didn't see it. I, I, I saw it. It was. Uh, if you get a chance, it's worth it. Watch that fight. Um, some people thought Vlasov could have won. It was a war. It was a hell of a fight. Oh, they went out there like that. Oh yeah, it was. It was. It was war. It would in all caps. Um, but I think Smith is not going to be, if anything, you have Bivol and you have Betabiev on, uh, on both his own. No, but Betabiev is uh, ESPN, right? No, I think Betabiev is the zone. Betabiev and Bivol are both on the zone. Um, so I think Zerto would get one of those guys, is yeah. who I think Zerto would get. Um, Canelo, I don't see Canelo jumping right into better beef. It sounds good, but I think Canelo does what he does before he the same thing he did before he got Kovalev. I think he tests the waters with, a, with what he thinks is a softer target at that weight. So I think Joe Smith Jr. is there and there's a belt on the line. And then he goes into a unification with better beef. That's how I that's how I see him making his moves or either Bivol. That's how I see him making his moves at 175. Did he um, drop the belt? Did Canelo drop his belt at 175? It was a regular title. He still has it, but it was a regular title. It okay, wasn't uh, Rocky Fielding was a regular champion. He wasn't the super champion. Um, no, but Rocky Fielding was at 168, though, bro. No, Rocky Fielding was at 175. Yeah, Rocky Fielding was 175. All I right. Take, take no, a look at it. I, I believe he was 168. I, I thought Rocky Fielding was at 175, and then you had Kovalev, which is at 175. Okay. Take a look, but if I'm not mistaken, Rocky Fielding was 175. Rocky he was light Fielding. heavyweight. Yeah. <laughs> no disrespect, but I had to laugh at that just saying it. Yeah, I know. Um, let's see. You fought. Where is it? Saul Canelo Alvarez at 168. TK. Was it 168? Yes, it was. Remember, that was that his was first touch. That was the first touch oh. at 168. Remember? So he was at 160. Okay, I don't know why I thought Fielding was 175. So yeah, no sir. He they they kept saying he should move up to 175 because he's big enough for it. But just like him and Callum Smith, they both are big enough both. for 175. Correct. Yeah. Well, hey, let's see what happens. I think because um, it was for the it was on that. it was Gennady Golovkin at 160, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then Rocky Fielding at 168, and then he mm-hmm. went to Daniel Jacobs at 160. And then he went up to uh, Sergey Kovalev at one seventy five. At one seventy five, okay. one seventy five. No disrespect to Kovalev, but he just knew Kovalev was a soft touch, and he could oh, yeah. get, he could get him out of there. And then he yeah, came, he was on his way out the game. Correct. And then he came back to uh, Callum Smith and uh, Average Pilgrim, as I heard somebody call him. I think that was <laughs> Ego Boxing Ego called him Average Pilgrim. <laughs> so, mm. um, Sounds yeah. like something he was saying. Yeah. So. Yeah, that that's that, man. But um, it should be it should make for for a decent night of fights. I don't know who else is on that card because I didn't have time to really get get myself together. Yeah. Last night was was crazy, and this morning has been pretty cool as well. So that's um, what's up. Yeah, but uh, I think I think JoJo Diaz, man. I, I not I think I, I did not like what JoJo Diaz was saying as far as fighting Devin Haney. He said he wants a Devin Haney fight, but he said he thinks Devin Haney will move up uh, 
after after he wins this fight. And I was like, I don't think Devin's going to move up. I don't. I think he wants to fight all of you guys. He has a, pro, uh, a point to prove at 135, and he's not going to move up because then it would yeah. be considered him being a duck, and I don't think he wants to be considered that. And he's still young, and he makes the weight comfortably. He never looks weight-drained. He never looks – he doesn't struggle to make the weight. He doesn't blow up in weight after fights. He has a very clean lifestyle. He doesn't drink. He doesn't party all the time. He doesn't smoke. Um, kind of a lot of similarities to Mayweather in terms of the lifestyle, right? And a Bud Crawford, you don't see them drinking, smoking, stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's wishful thinking. Haney's not going anywhere. I think um, he's going to become the mandatory for Haney. I think the usual nonsense happens every time there's a fight to be made. Ryan Garcia will throw his name in the hat like he did with Tank after Tank beat Barrios just to get some publicity because he's cloud chasing. And then he, you know, maybe it won't be mental illness. Maybe it'll be emotional illness or something like that after that. And, you know, and he fight, ends up fighting nobody and he just sits on the sides and hangs out with TikTokers. And then I think um, you get JoJo and Haney. And I think Haney, um, I think Haney destroys JoJo. That would be that is going to be a, a night of boxing. Like you're going to get boxed yeah. all night in that fight. Yeah, this and, and I think that fight definitely goes fight. the distance. Yeah, this won't be a fight where you think this is going to be Tevin Farmer, mm-hmm. because Tevin Farmer and Devin Haney are two different t- uh, types of uh, boxers. Yeah, uh, and, and Haney's much bigger too. Yes, and the sharpness of 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 Haney it will be will be very evident when you get in the ring with Devin. Devin's yeah. going to come out sharp right away. He's not going to. He was at least thing. Jojo was honest though. Jojo was like, "Yeah, Haney's jab is a serious problem." Oh yeah, oh yeah. He's like that jab is like you know we know about the footwork, the quickness, but he's like the key to him. He's like his jab is just it's, it's really hard to get through that jab, around that jab, past that jab. So you know we'll see what happens. First of all, he's got to beat Fortuna. Fortuna's a tricky fighter. I think he walks him down. I think Fortuna's awkward. I think he outboxes him for a few rounds, has a couple good moments, maybe pops. Jojo with a good straight left gets his attention, I, but I, think but I wouldn't be su- I wouldn't be surprised if he got the best of Jojo. I wouldn't be because I, I think it's 50 50 just so just so people know, I, I really think it's the fight is 50 50. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Fortuna's rugged style and, and his mm-hmm. his ability to make it a, a, rough, a rough and rugged fight. I, I wouldn't be surprised mm-hmm. if he made it like that for 12 rounds or if he made it like that long, long enough to get Jojo out of there. I got it 60-40. I think JoJo has the physical advantages. I also think because he's seen a slick fighter like Tevin Farmer, I don't think Fortuna's a better boxer than Farmer, and I don't think Fortuna is slicker and gets out the way of punches better than Tevin Farmer. No, 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 no. And JoJo hit Farmer often. So to me, if JoJo can hit Farmer often, he'll hit he, he'll hit Fortuna often. I, I, I wonder just, what yeah. I wonder what was wrong with. Tevin Farmer that fight because it seemed like he was off. It just seemed he gave like a lot of excuses. Off. He said weight issues. He didn't have the best camp. You know, it, it was several things he said. But um, but looking at him in the ring, I watched that fight two or three times. He he just looked off like from the yeah second or third round on. He he just looked like he wasn't like he wasn't focused and involved in that fight like he should have been. He wasn't dialed in completely. And when he said that, like I was that. like, yeah, I could tell. Yeah. Sometimes you just have a, it's not your night, you know? Yeah. Uh, so it could have been just one of those, one of those nights. He had a bad night. Um, let's see if he makes his comeback. 
Um, I know he split from Debella, I believe. So I don't know. Really? Who he's I, I don't. Now. I don't know. I don't, yeah, I they, no they, they split. Um, so you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. But um, he he's only far quite a bit outside looking in. So I'm not really gonna elaborate too much on Tevin Farmer. Um, yeah, man, we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see. Tank announced he's fighting in October. So again, he's somebody that that's a player in that 135 division. I love how Dev called him out. Um, I, I love how Dev. I didn't know he called <laughs> him out. He called him out and Dev said, you know, why isn't Tank fighting any elite black fighters? Really? I didn't know that. I and really... he said, oh, man, that's interesting. He's he's also good friends with Canelo. Wow. Good shot. Good shot. Good shot you. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was, think, that's uh, a good one. That's a very good one. Um. I think that and I, I think it does. I think it's a good one. I don't think it lands well and sticks on tank because tank can box and he can obviously punch. So, um, but man, listen, ain't nobody made tank do anything but knock people out. And until yeah. he comes across the person, the fighter, the competitive nature of mm-hmm. a different warrior that can make him box or make him back yeah. up, you are going to get a tank. That's what yeah, I think. So, get. if I had to decide right now, I would have tank beating Dev. I do too. Like probably stopping him by the oh, yeah. eleventh or two, like at the end, similar to Barrio, similar to that type of fight, but but way more, you know, way more skillful with Haney. I think Haney bludgeons him with the jab. I just think Dev hasn't developed his grown man strength. I think once he works on his strength and conditioning a little more, I think he'll be better positioned to have enough to keep a tank off of him or to stop the tank in his tracks, at least to a certain extent. Don't have to knock him out, but you got to hurt him and get his attention and make him, you know second guess and i think because they have sparred i think tank would be confident because he's like he knows what dev has it's not this i I don't know how much power he has or he doesn't have and so i think dev needs to just um chew on some of the other fighters first before he actually gets the tank fight and develop some more strength and a little bit better conditioning keep sharpening his skills before um we see that fight that fight that's a fight that should marinate in my opinion i i I mean i personally don't want to see that fight right now I, I don't either, but and we have already said this that we we believe once upon a time that it, that's, that should be the end result uh, of one thirty five or one forty. But yeah, uh, I, I've been said it. I've said it for 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 a while now that if they were to fight, Tank is going to break him off correctly. Like he's not going to yeah. play with Devin Haney, and he's going to walk. He's he's really going to walk Devin down. Like he yeah, I already know that. Yeah, it's either he's going to walk him down and eventually break him down or he's going to clip him, much like Linares did. He'll just catch him, you know, with a big shot. And I think if he catches Dev with a big shot at this point, I think it's, then it's a wrap. So I think that's just how the fight goes. I think he could be getting outboxed in, in quite a few spots, fights, parts in, in, in the fight. I just think, number one, we know Tank is willing to walk through fire and take chances. Number two, Tank is a phenomenal counterpuncher. And if Dev leaves any hole, Tank will find that hole. And he'll once he gets in the hole, he explodes. He'll just yeah. send something in the hole, it explodes. Yeah. So um I just think right, it's not not the right timing for Dev. I know what he's thinking. He's thinking if I beat Tank right now, then I'm one of the biggest stars in boxing. I think he should hold his horses, build his resume. I don't think you go from Lenaris to Tank. I think there's other guys, there's other food there that he needs to chew on and spit out um first before he gets to tank. And, and you know, let Tank keep building. And then uh, let Tank get a whole bunch of accolades, do everything, you do what you do. And when you find him at the end, if you win, then you, you, you take all his glory 
Everything now, he's got to see, got to, got to see yeah. Dev get stronger too, though, man. He he has. Yeah, that's, to get and that's stronger. why I say strength and conditioning. He's got to get stronger. Got to get strong. Um, the skills are there. It's the strength. You know, it's the strength. I think he's well conditioned, but it's more so the strength. Yeah. That that would be my concern against a guy like a a, a tank. And, so not, and not just tank, yeah, and not just tank, yeah. but just going up to that 140 division. Because I feel like Dev yeah. may end up at 140 or 147. And he's gonna need he's gonna need to be able to push guys back, excuse me, and get guys. I agree off with you. I think in two, three years, 140, I think he'll end his career 147. Um, similar to like what similar than Floyd. Yeah, you know, but I think he's and I won't mind him ways. being, I won't mind him being a master boxer. That's not to take anything away from his skill set. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To me, I just feel that he needs to be a little bit more uh, rugged and durable because he's going to be mm-hmm. taking on guys that are just going to be naturally heavier than, uh, than he is. You're going to have guys that's going to be lo- losing anywhere between 30 to 50 pounds just to make 147. And Dev yeah. is always in shape. It's not like this is some kid who's out of shape and, and doesn't take right. care of his body. Like he's going to always be in shape. So making weight won't never really be a problem for him. But when he's facing yeah. these guys who are – 5'9", 5'10", 5'11", or they're coming from countries like Argentina where they're naturally big because they eat a lot of meat and everything. You're going to want to make sure that your body is conditioned to to not just give out punishment, but take the punishment and to have the condition and endurance to deal with all those things at the same time. So definitely, definitely uh, Devin as a master boxer throughout the course of his career, but it's just that building up resistance and being a more stronger, durable fighter. Um, Jojo yeah. Diaz. I think I don't think I think he just boxes Jojo Diaz's head off. Mm-hmm. You know, for mm-hmm. the course of that fight when when for twelve rounds, I agree. Yes, yes. I, 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 I wholeheartedly believe that unless he somehow catches Jojo reaching in because Jojo's trying to force the pace and he catches him with a combo, boop, bat, boop, bip, and he puts him out of there. You know, but. Uh, Dev is Dev is too uh, smart with his feet and too smart with his hands and too smart with his brains to sit in front of a, a Jojo Diaz or anybody else. I would like it don't to me. It doesn't even matter who he fights between Fortuna or Jojo Diaz. Agreed. I think both of those are, are great fights for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I, I would definitely like to see either one of those guys fight him. Uh, is mm-hmm. Robert Easter still at one thirty five or is he at one forty? Robert Easter's at one forty. He's at one forty. Okay. Mm-hmm. He moved up to one forty. Okay. All right, cool. I was going to say that's another rugged guy that would, you know, definitely help uh, get Devin along the way. But yeah, yeah definitely he's taller man. and longer. Yes, yes, yes. And I, that would definitely be a good fight for, for Dev and for Robert Easter just to see where, where he is right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, Easter's had struggled with either, you know, the thicker guys who can get into his body. And he's also struggled with guys who are fast, you yes. know. Yes, he had, so, he, with, he had a problem with Mikey. Mikey outboxed yeah. him. And then, Mikey he had, then he had a problem with Fortuna. Yeah, he had a huge problem with Fortuna. Yeah, Fortuna, to me, Fortuna won that fight. I don't think I can disagree there. I don't yeah, think Fortuna I can won disagree. that fight to me. Um, he landed the cleaner, harder shots. Um, he he was controlling the pace of the fight. He was controlling the distance. Um, yeah, and I, I thought he won that fight probably by about at least two rounds. Yeah. Yeah, um, so, you know, Robert Easter, is, man, it yeah. seems like he tries to box, but it seems like he's, it's something, something's it's just missing. Like he's just like he's stuck in between. Yeah, it's not connecting. It's not connecting. You know. Yeah, he's, he's one of those guys that his his 
his heart is not connected to his brain. His brain says, I'm the longer, taller guy, use my reach, use my jab, keep the fight at a distance. But then his heart is like, I'm a warrior. I, I can take this. I can, I, you know, I can, I can, I can slug it out. I can bang it out. And then he lets guys walk like Mikey did, walk right through the front door, and then it becomes an inside fight. And he did and nothing to not put my yeah, and he's just not good with those long arms on the inside. He used to learn how to fight on the inside, too. He's not really good on the inside. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. He, he's been off for quite a while. Yeah. Um, maybe he wouldn't have to sharpen his tools. It's going to help him that he won't have to cut as much weight because he's, he's a tall, he's a big guy, a tall guy at least. And so I think 140 will help fill out his frame a little more. And, uh, you know, maybe that might help him. Who knows? We'll have to see. Yeah, I, I'm not sure if he's a, like a naturally big guy because a guy I know it's a different comparison, but I don't know if it's a weight or if he's tall, whatever it is. But when I look at Fundura, I look at him and I go, this is a guy that's 6'6", and he can make 154 comfortably. Yeah. And then in a recent interview, he said, I can actually make 147 without a problem. He said, I don't get that big. Yeah. You know, so that's if that be the situation, then maybe it's just a – working on the skills, tightening them up, you know, making sure he knows how to throw tighter punches on the inside, straight punches. You don't have to necessarily throw hooks, yeah. but punches up the middle because you are taller than everybody. You don't have to throw the hooks to the outside or anything. All the punches can be yeah. to the inside. Um, yeah. yeah Fundora is a, is a um, <laughs> an anomaly. Yeah, he's a unicorn. Physiologically. He's a, he's unicorn. a unicorn. The way yeah. he's able to cut that weight and he looks like flesh and bones and, you know, he rehydrates, but he still keeps his um, – his his his, uh, his cardio he still he stays in shape because he throws a lot of punches yeah I, I was listening to the interview he said he doesn't get above 165 mm -hmm. yeah that's super light for a guy six foot six that's what i'm saying like he said he said i don't get above 165 and the guy said so yeah. you can make 147 he said easily he said comfortably i can easily make that he said it's nothing it don't take much for yeah. me to make it but they're doing really well with him to match match make him with the right people um, my issue with him is, is that, you know, even if he tries to make 147, which I don't think he's going to go to 147, but even no. 154 is that if he, if he fights a body snatcher who can get inside that reach, I mean, and his legs are so little. That's another reason why he doesn't weigh as much. He has very, very, very thin legs. And somebody gets into that thin body, I think it's going to, you know, it's going to be a problem for him. It could be, man, but whatever they doing, whatever mom and pop is, is doing or have been doing, they done mm -hmm. a hell of a job with it because the sister genetics, man. Yeah, I just the think sister, it's genetics. The sister is a badass too. She's you know mm -hmm. she, she yeah, ain't she, she's a beast. With, you know she ain't I mean? that's very true. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So whatever they've done to make them kids like that, you know they've mm -hmm. they've put that shit together very well for their kids. So I, I, you know, I agree. Fondura is a bad motherfucker. I think he's going to be a future champ, and it won't take too long. I would yeah, love I definitely to agree see, he'll be a future champ. I, yeah, definitely agree I, with I would that. love to see him get 154, 160, 168, and then go up to like 175. But he even said, he said, I, I don't know if I can even get up to 168 and hold the weight. Yeah, I think he could, as he gets older, like he's young, so his metabolism is still really high. Yeah. Generally, people who are that tall, um, I mean, heck, I'm 44. My metabolism is similar to what it was when I was younger, too. I don't, I don't, can't carry a lot of weight or put a lot of weight. But with him, generally people who are really tall because their frame is so wide, they tend to fill out a little more. Um, well, he's only like, what, 22, 22 yeah. years old? I think by the time he's 27, 28, I can see him 168 and and, and not having a, a problem because I think he'll just naturally fill out that very – And he'll probably want to eat. He'll probably just start like, yo, I'm yeah. hungry. 
Yeah, I mean, exactly. He'll he'll you know, uh, he'll he'll eat more. I think I can see him doing that. It's just a matter of whether can he. Um, he's going to have a physical advantage in terms of height and reach. The question is, and he's a southpaw, which makes it even much more awkward and difficult. But the question is, you know, will he be able to to have any type of power to keep those guys off of him at the higher weight classes? So let's see what he does at one fifty four. I don't think he sees Mail. I think Mail is gone um, before he even gets to one fifty four. It'd be interesting because. He'll be at 154 while Earl, at some point when Earl moves up to 154. Ooh. So that would be a really interesting situation. Ooh. And they're both PBC guys. I, I, I could see that somewhere down the line a couple years from now. And, and um, Fondor ain't scared to bang. No, and Fondor ain't scared to bang. And Earl's definitely not scared to bang. Um, and it would be interesting. It's going to be interesting because when he moves up to 154, Earl will be fighting at least – half of his fights will be against guys he has a physical disadvantage against in terms of height and reach. Um, so it'll be, it'll be interesting to see his game evolve as well, going to 154 and obviously Fundura being probably the tallest guy, 154 maybe ever. So, um, but there, there are a couple of tall fighters at, at 154 who are like 6'1", 6'2", and up. Pacheco. And obviously Fundura being the tallest at 6'6". Yeah, exactly. So, Pacheco, you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah. It yeah, should be we'll, interesting we'll, we'll, to see. I heard the interview with Earl. He said he can't wait to get up to uh 154. And the guy yeah. was like, Why? Why are you so why why are you ready to go? He's like, Because I'm tired of making 147. He said, You all will see a better version of me when I move up to 154. He said, Because I won't have as much weight to lose. And he mm-hmm. said, Because of that, I'll be able to throw more punches. And he said, I can get my punch count up to over a thousand punches. And the yeah. guy was like, are you serious? He said, I know. He's like, I'm trying to tell y'all, like, I have to cut so much weight at 147 that throwing the punches that I want to throw, I can't I can't do it. But he said at, one, at 154, he'll be able to get over a 1,000 punches thrown in, in a fight. Yeah. And I think he'll be stronger. I don't even think he'll need to throw 1,000 punches. I think his power will be better the higher up he goes in the weight. I even can – you can even tell the way Earl is at 147 that he – it, it, he, he, he's very mindful of how he throws his punches and the power behind them because his main thing in 147 is about conserving energy. He doesn't waste a lot, number one. And then number two, he's not throwing 100 miles an hour every time he, no. you know. No. And so I, to me, I've always noticed that about him. And I think um, at 154, he's going to have more energy, be able to carry more weight. And I think it's be carry more power. I think I think he's basically trying to say that y'all finna see me air this bitch out. Like I'm about to show y'all what I really can do because I've been holding, I've been yeah. trying to hold this shit together for so long at 147. And now yeah. that I'm free to blow up just a little bit more, I can now yeah. open the floodgates and show y'all what I, what else I can do. Yeah. And 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 he'll be like, this will be his last fight at 147. He knows it because we both know uh, since Bud resigned with Top Tank, he's not gonna get that fight. They're going to hold that belt hostage. They're going to keep lying, acting like they couldn't make the fight. Bud is okay with it because he realizes he had, he, he didn't have leverage when he wanted to make the fight. He definitely won't have any leverage now. And his pride and ego won't let him openly acknowledge the thing, the fact that everybody knows that he is the B side and that, um, you know, he's going to have to take a, a, a sizable split differential in terms of the money. And he's just not, if he wouldn't do it back then, he's not going to do it now. So to me, Earl, he, you know, though I know what PBC is going to do. They're going to say, well, yeah, he's undisputed because Bud didn't want the fight. That's what they're going to say. 
And he was undisputed at 147. And, and no, a lot, there ain't too many people that's going to start disputing that. And, and many, they, so there's no dispute. Yeah, Bud's got the belt, but there's no dispute because Bud, the, he called Bud out and Bud didn't want to make the fight. So technically, undisputed means is, is the opposite of a dispute. So if Earl has all the rest of the belts and Bud says, well, I'm not going to fight you, then to me, that champion should be undisputed because you can't make a guy fight you. Um, you may not have all the belts, but you would be undisputed. So um, I think that's what's going to end up happening. Um, then I think he moves up to 154. That's what I think happens. Yeah, that, that's the that's the only way to go. Like like he like Errol said, I'm tired of it. He said after the after this fight with Pacquiao, we're gonna go over across the street and see what happens. But like you just said, they're not they're not about to do this fight, man. Look, they're, to, they're to, not Bud, to Bud Crawford, man. I hope you know you're just holding a belt. You, that's all you're doing. You're just holding the belt. Bob Arum cares more about that belt than he does about you, my man. He cares more yeah, about that belt than he does about you. I think Bud knows that. I think Bud is just like, well, Trick's going to be on Bob because no matter who he puts in front of me, I can beat them all. So it's the game within the game. It's, you know, he wants to – he thinks it's smart money, but he wants the easier money. Um, And he's like, well, going to a war with Porter and – going to a war with Spence, you know, or even a 12-round fight with a Thurman, you know, I'm definitely not fucking with Boots Ennis. So I think he's just like, I'd rather fight the Jose Zapatas, the Josh Taylors. I'd rather fight those guys because they're going to be as taxing. I might make a little less money, but I got guaranteed money. And I'm also guaranteed to be the A-side. Unfortunately, he would not be the A-side in the Josh Taylor fight because they said they would send that fight to Scotland. So, but he, you know, look, that's who Bud is. He's okay with it. Let me ask you this um, though. So yeah, a healthy Keith Thurman. Do you think he could beat uh, Bud Crawford? Yeah, a healthy Keith Thurman. When Keith Thurman was one time, yeah, he it, it would be truly a 50-50 fight. Now it's a to me a 70-65-35 fight in favor of Bud. Just okay. and mostly because of Keith's, he's dropped off a couple levels and Keith's. Um, lack of punch resiliency is really a big problem because Bud is going to touch you, and so can and you handle can he body. handle being touched? And he's going to that body, especially with Keith. Everybody, anybody who fights Keith, they know body shots. Like that, that's the that's the worst kept secret in all of boxing. <laughs> so body shots, Keith. Yeah. So it's you know everybody knows that. So um, that would have been a really good fight, I think, because uh, Keith is a very he's always been a very intelligent guy in the ring. He's got athleticism. He's got good feet. He's got good hands, and he's got power in that right hand. And, he, and you know, back when he was on, he knew how to get you with that right hand. And um, Bud does have a questionable chin. Period. Ooh, and it's can you fact. imagine does. fucking Keith Thurman landing that uh, right hook, uh, that right hand left hook? <laughs> yeah. So I just think it would be a problem. Ooh. I think Bud Bud obviously gets knocked, so Keith will never get back to what he was. But like guys who I think beat. Uh, but now I think Boots destroys him. I think Errol beats him. I think Boots stops him. You think Errol beats him, but you think Boots stops him? I think Boots destroys him. I think Errol beats him. I don't know, man. I, I think Boots know. destroys him. I think I think Boots knocks him out at least by the eighth round. At I, least. Listen, if... 
Errol Spence goes into this fight and walks through Manny Pacquiao. That I I don't I just don't see a situation where Bud so can make at one fifty four. I think Errol destroys him. I don't think Errol destroys him at one forty seven. I think Errol beats him at one forty seven. I think Errol destroys him if he wants to come up to fifty four. No, I think at um, one forty seven, him taking on Pacquiao. If he whoops the bro, I just don't see. Two, it. Two, I hear you. Two different fights. I hear you. I hear what you're saying. I just think because the experience and knowledge he will gain from a Pacquiao just being in there true. with him. I, I'm just looking at it. I'm listening to the guy. The guy's like, man, I'm sick of making 147. Okay. And I, I think you. at this point, he's just like, he's putting, he, Errol's not, the last thing he is is stupid. And his team is a stupid. Um, and I think they know Bud is going to run from that fight. They're going to make all the excuses. They're going to flip. He's going to have an ESPN propaganda machine sounding like Fox News. Um, and they're gonna, you know, lie, 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 deflect, 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 and the fight just won't happen, right? We won't get yeah. the fight. So um, he knows he's getting up to 154. So I think he's putting everything into this one fight at 147 because he knows this is last. Because there's nobody else worth fighting at 147. Nobody. Not really. No. Um, I don't care if they got a belt or not. I don't care if they, I don't even care if WBA keeps the belt away from Pacquiao, which they won't. They'd be absolute dummies to do that. But you don't stick around at 147 for another fight to fight Ugas. <laughs> you only stick around at 147 for the big money fight. Now it'll be to, to Crawford. But Crawford's not going to fight him. So, um, sad situation. Yeah, it's sad, but it is what it is. Um, it's, you know, it's a business decision that I think Crawford will regret. Because I think he, the thing is, they've been able to get away with it. But his, the way he's handled it is not going to age well over time. No. It's not going to age well over time because let me tell you something. Virgil Ortiz and Boots Anderson are going to fight at some point. And they're both are under the same flag. And they're not going to avoid each other. Now, I think Virgil's going to avoid Boots now. But, and I think it's a smart move. But I think Virgil needs more experience. I think Boots needs some Wait, more Virgil experience. is the zone, right? Yeah, Virgil's the zone. Boots is PBC. Boots is Boots is Showtime. Yeah, PBC. Okay. He's not signed to PBC, but he fights on Showtime. Correct. Um, so he's a free agent. He can move around. Correct. Right. Um, which is kind of what the Devin Haney situation is. Devin Haney is now is a free, free agent, agent now. Yes. He's yes. not a free agent. He didn't resign with with, with Matchroom. He he'll still work with Matchroom if they have to fight over on the zone. If he needs a platform, if it's something they want to buy and get into, they can negotiate. Uh, which is smart that he left that door open, but it's. It was really wise of him at this early age of his career to not only have his own promotional company, but to also be a free agent because now there are no excuses to, to fight. But Devin Haney fights. He, he only fights over there. We got to uh, go Devin across Haney, the street. We got to do this. Yeah. We got to do that. No more. And I, I love Devin Haney's mentality because what he's saying is not only am I free from that so I can make the best fights, but he's also letting you know, yes, yeah, your network. If I got to be the B side, so what? I'm going to come over there to beat your ass. And I love his energy and his mentality. And the business decisions he's making matches what his intentions are in boxing. So Bud's business decisions have matched, have revealed his boxing intentions. His intentions are not to fight the best comp opposition. They just aren't. He doesn't want to fight the top level competition. People will whine, well, why he got to go with the PBC? He don't have to go. He don't have to sound PBC. He can just be a free agent. Create your own banner. He could just be a free agent like Devin Haney, like Canelo Alvarez. Yeah. They're free agents. So all the Bud lovers will keep, look, they will keep making excuses, just like all the Tyson Fury, you know, 
lovers will make, keep making excuses for Tyson Fury, like act like he didn't cheat, like he didn't get popped with steroids, like he didn't do cocaine, like his gloves weren't funny and awkward. Like other people haven't mentioned his gloves being. He tore up things. his so, yeah. light. He tore up his license for the BBBOC. You all can keep believing that, but when you look at the actual facts, he was he had pop for for cocaine and PEDs. Like let like, like cut the bullshit. Yeah, you so gotta support cheaters. That's a problem. So we we see um, we see what people's intentions are by the business yeah. decisions. And and, and, and like you said, make. like you said, that's dope, man. Because what Devin is basically saying is like. I, I don't mind signing with the zone. The zone is taking very good care of me. But what needs to happen now, as far as my career goes, in order for me to be considered one of the best and one of the greatest at this, because I do love boxing, I have to free myself up to make sure that I can make every fight possible without there being right. any hindrance. Any hindrance. No excuses. Yeah, no, no excuses. excuses. And, no and, excuses. And if the excuses come, it won't be from me and from my side. Yeah. And the other thing is, he's taking a chance on himself. That's, That's huge being out there naked. So he took a chance and stuff. The other thing is, is um, again, he's taking away all the excuses. Now people will say, well, uh, how come Earl is not a free agent? Because Earl's in a different, you got to understand your situation. So with Devin Haney, the top, the best fights are on multiple platforms with multiple promoters. With Earl Spence, there's only one fighter, only one fighter outside of where he is that's Consider competition. Everybody else is where he is. So if he can get more guaranteed money, and he's already got the the best comp that and with the most belts right there in his own backyard, he don't need to be a free agent. He can do exactly what he's doing. Just like at one fifty four, he it, it make it's the same landscape. If Mel is there, he got all the belts. If Mel moves up and he drops the belts, that's on the PBC side. So Earl is still on the in the right situation to, grab. to have an t- opportunity to get those belts. See, Bud knowingly signed with top rank and there were, there were no, there was no competition there. There were no belts there. Now, and then not only did he do that, but he re-signed two times having that same exact information. So let's use deductive reasoning and ask ourselves, what does that tell us? It tells us, number one, he likes the money that he's getting at top rank because it's prize fighting. It tells us, number two, that fighting the best competition isn't a top priority for him. And these are just the facts and accept them. I accept him for who he is. I think he's a phenomenal fighter. I think he passes the eye test, but he will never be an all-time great to me. Um, He'll never be an all-time great because of his lack of taking on the top opponents. Now he'll be a Hall of Famer because he was undisputed at 140 and he won a he won a title in a different weight division. Yeah. And he's won titles in other divisions, multiple weight divisions. So he'll be a Hall of Famer. Yeah. But he'll never be an all-time great because he didn't fight. He he literally avoided all the best competition. Ain't that that's in crazy. a weight in, in in a weight class that he's campaigned in now for what two three years or more. So to me, that's a red flag. So um, to me, he's worse than Canelo. Ooh, I give Canelo more credit. You dirty rat. He talked about, <laughs> well, he talked about Canelo. Well, look at this. You know, now nah, the, 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 Canelo has fought some comp. Of course, it's been timely when he's done it. But um, at least when Canelo fought guys who were past their prime, they were still better than Kell Brook, right? 
Um, and the other thing is Canelo has some fights in front of him where it appears he's going to have to come across some top guys. If Canelo fights David Benavidez, if Canelo takes B-ball or better be a, I've got to give him more credit than Bud. Yeah. So Canelo and, and I just looked at it. At projecting. Yeah. I just looked at it since 2018. Yeah. So and Canelo's projecting in the right direction to fight better comp. You know, when we hear about Bud's projection, literally, if I'm looking at his entire career, and also from an eye test, the best competition that Bud Crawford could ever potentially face is Josh Taylor. Let's move on from that because we, you know, that just goes down a, a, a sad situation where we love a guy for his skill and dedication to the sport, but he doesn't want to put forth the effort to fight. The, the wheel isn't there. Yeah. The wheel isn't there. Yeah. He's, he's let me ask wheel. you. Let me ask you this question: If I came to you with a deal, and I said, "Jay, the deal is." Is 60 40 and it's 120 million dollars in the pot. Would you take it? I'm taking that fight if it's 60 million dollars in the pot. <laughs> because guess what? That's more, that is more money than he will ever make fighting anybody else. Facts. You know? Facts. So yeah, it, that, it, that's it. win or lose. Yeah. Because there's going to be a re- I would I would I would think there would be a rematch clause in a fight like that. You yeah. know, let's pause real quick. I got to take a quick. I got I got to take a quick break. Like right. two minutes. Ser- serious question: Do you think that Josh Taylor can beat Tank Davis? Do I? I think he. I think he has the skill set. Um, there's only one question: Can he take the power? I think he can. I think he can land more punches and outpoint Tank just because he's a slick boxer. He takes away the southpaw advantage by being a southpaw. He's taller. Um, he's got longer arms, but he has short arms for a guy his height. He's five foot ten and a half, but he only has 69 inch, you know, arms. Oh wow. Yeah, so it's short arms. So it's, it's it is a shorter distance for Tank to close, but Taylor Slick. He's got quick hands. He's a good counter puncher. Um, and he's got a little pop, too. So um, he's a good boxer. He, he's an above average boxer. So I think he could do it. The question is, is that when when that when that when tank detonates when the bombs, hell, yeah. you know, how does Taylor handle it? Yeah, he really didn't get hit a lot and flushed by Jose Ramirez. And uh, Tank to me has more power than Jose Ramirez, without, so without I, I just that's the, that's the that's the unknown part. I think you know? it, it would go similar to the Barrios fight. How long can you stay on the outside before I decide to uh, go forward and, and chew you up? But but I think Taylor. But here's one thing that's different from Taylor from Barrios. Taylor can fight on the inside. He can, but do you think he, he's going to stay on the see, inside? See the question. <laughs> now now that we're on the inside, can you handle or can you mute? Or can you um, can you uh, can you disarm that bomb? Can you take away the power? Can you blunt the power of Tank and disrupt his delivery system? He's got the skills from a distance and inside. I saw him fight Ramirez. He's a he's a good inside fighter. Yeah. So I, I don't doubt the skills. Again, I just doubt the punch resiliency. I, I don't know. 
Yeah. So that's why the fight needs to happen if they're gonna if Tank's gonna stay at 140. The only guy that makes sense for him to fight at 140 is Josh Taylor. Other than that, no, no, no nobody else makes any sense. Yeah. Right um, now. Uh who who do you think Tank would take next? He's fighting in October. Allegedly, you know, how, allegedly, because he's done this before where he said I'm fighting and then it didn't happen. Well, who knows? Now that the Fury Wilder situation is a mess, and that looks like it's gonna be pushed back to October. And we we know we we know why, yeah, it's being pushed back to October. Fury tested positive for COVID along with supposedly eight members in this camp. You know, Bob Aram again talking all this noise about I don't understand if you got COVID, if you if you if you got the vaccine, you know, but you know, his team is completely irresponsible, which I don't believe any of that for a second. Fury was out of shape. Deontay Wilder um, is vaccinated. Tyson yeah. Fury is vaccinated. Right. And, and but here's a, exactly. But you know, Fury was out of shape. And I think mentally the jig is up, bitch. I, I, the jig is up. And I also just think I think, you know, I don't do I think Tyson Fury is necessarily afraid. No, I think he's heavily concerned. Because I think why, you know, the, why old media keeps trying to project, you know, pre, uh, project that, oh, uh, Wilder is lost because he's not talking to the media. Wilder's not talking to y'all because y'all full of shit. That's why Wilder's not talking to y'all. Um, Wilder's not talking to you guys because the entire media is not even asking basic questions. Tyson, why did your glove do that? Tyson Fury, we see this, we see this slow-mo. How is your glove open like that? Like, how, like. That hasn't happened to you in any other fights. Why this fight? I hear Tyson people Fury, how come you oh, haven't fought in the UK yeah. since 2016, 2017? Yeah, that, yeah, how come you tested positive for, you know, PEDs or just asking basic known facts? Um, and so if I'm Wilder, why, why talk to the media? Why? You don't need to sell the fight. The fight sold itself already. So if he doesn't need to go and sell the fight, what does he need to talk to the media for? He's not getting a fair shake. Um, because the media is not covering pertinent facts to boxing. Tyson Fury's gloves looking strange and weird is a pertinent fact. Tyson Fury being popping positive for PEDs is a boxing fact. So Tyson Fury never giving uh, Vladimir Klitschko his rematch. All of a sudden now he's got depression after he was the title. Oddly Oops. enough, how the depression lasted long enough to, to, to age Klitschko out. So it's just a whole bunch of boxing things that people could talk to Fury about that they don't. So they cannot be trusted and they have no legitimacy, in my opinion. None of them. So um, I think now I I haven't done it in a while, but I think now I need to go back and watch that Klitschko Fury fight now. Yeah. Yeah. I need to go back and watch watch it. You do go back and watch all his fights. Yeah. (laughs) Think about it. Yeah. See what he's doing. I mean, if the guy's cheating and sparring, you know, he'll cheat anywhere. So, um, to, to not for, discuss for, for it. people who are listening, when Jay says he cheats in sparring, what he means is that uh, one of Tyson Fury's sparring partners ended up grabbing Tyson Fury's glove after he left the gym, and when he picked his gloves up, he had no padding in his uh, in the fist in the fist part, in the part where you ball your fist up. There was no padding, and the little bit of padding that was in there was pushed back to the the like the uh, back of the fist area. It wasn't on the knuckle. It was on the back of the, uh, the, it's back. the top side. Yeah. So like, yeah, the back part of you, like the backhand, you your palm and you're on the opposite of the back. It was on the backhand. It was on the backhand. And then the rest of it was falling, falling out of the actual gloves. Um, and when he was asked about it, the trainer said that we were just trying to give him uh, install pride and, and strength and strengthen his mind and, and build up his confidence. You don't build a fighter's confidence by 
getting him to hurt another fighter. You build his confidence by making sure that he can work out properly, by applauding him and congratulating him for doing things the correct way, or maybe giving him a smaller glove and see it, seeing how it works uh, in the ring. But you don't, you don't take out the pad. Anytime you take out the pad, you're trying to hurt a person. That's all that means. Not only that, but if you're gonna if you are gonna do something that bootleg, then at least have the ethics and the courtesy and the respect to let the sparring partner know about it. You Ridiculous. know, and give him a decision if he still wants to do that. And they didn't do that. But you know, I digress. Um, so that that fight's gonna be in October, and he's gonna use that fight to carry Bud Crawford and Zapata. Watch. So, so is that what you sent me? Because I was wondering what the fuck is you. With, with, yeah. So are you saying like they're going to do a Friday, Saturday, or do you think they, they'll put them all under the same car? So they're going to do a Friday, Saturday. Bud is going to fight that Friday, and then Fury is going to fight that Saturday. Oh, that's right, because that's a whole heavyweight car. That's exactly. a whole heavyweight car. Okay, okay. Exactly. Because th- now it makes sense because I was like, why? So they're going to make it a boxing weekend to own it. And then so now what they're going to do is because the fights are so close together – as ESPN promotes Tyson Fury Wilder, they're going to be promoting, oh, by the way, see, pound for pound. We'll ride. We'll ride. We'll ride. Exactly. Again, they're trying to get on the energy that's already there from the Fury Wilder fight, and they're trying to feed and funnel some of that into Bud Crawford versus um, – but Crawford versus uh, Zapata. Uh, Jose Zapata, because no other, otherwise nobody wants to see that and watch that fight. But Crawford, do you see what they're doing? They're not promoting a fight for you. They're not making a, a your main event on a main car on a weekend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yikes, yeah. man! Like, how do you keep doing this shit? Like, you got to be comfortable with something like that to to let it keep going on, man. I, I know I, I wouldn't even stand for it. I wouldn't even stand for it. But anyway, yeah. Uh, Deontay Wilder, if you happen to hear this part of the episode, we are wishing you the best, champ. Uh, We want you to continue to hone your craft and hone your skills. All they did was make you more angry, I would think. All they did was make make you or give you enough time to work on more things that you've already been working on. One thing, break down more film, you know, work on more punching combinations, Work on the fundamentals, work on your footwork, your head movement, work on being a little bit more defensively responsible, um, you know, work on that left hand, get that left hand as close as you can to your right hand. It may not be the same, but become more of a two handed fighter. Yes, sir. Um, make you sure know, your legs are so strong. I, yeah. Your core. Make sure your legs are strong. Build make that sure. core up. Yep. Yeah. It just gives you more time. And so I think, you know, because of the way his situation is, he's not going to overtrain. I think this is going to help him build up. I like that he'll be able to get now a little bit more rest in between the fights. It's not like he's got to cut any weight or he cut weight too early then he's got to hold the cut longer. Nah. So he, you know, he is in a good spot. And I think mentally this gives him an edge because it's much like Tiafimo with the, you know, pushing back his fight with Cambosis. It's going to give the other guy the mental edge. It's like, okay, this guy's obviously wasn't ready for the fight. Yeah, because for me, I would ready. just I may I may just take a couple of days off if I'm a fighter like that. I may just take a couple of days off just to mm-hmm. relax myself and decompress. Right. But then I'm back in the gym and I'm back, I'm back working out. I may not work out as hard because I got right. a couple months to get myself together, but I will scale mm-hmm. it back just enough. But I would be I would be when I am in a gym, I would be turned the fuck up. I would be turned exactly. Up. 
Exactly. No, I, I think, agree. Yeah, I think this is to me, this is very, very, very beneficial to uh Deontay Wilder. And yeah, very to, much so beneficial to Deontay Wilder as a, it's very different from the Cambosis situation because Cambosis, you know, you have to cut weight and now he's sitting there. Yes. And it's just a more tenuous situation because, you know, Wilder Fury don't have to worry about sales. You know, the money's always going to be there. Yes. You know, with Cambosis and, 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 and tail, that's a lot of stress, man, because it's not selling. So not only when we, when, when we reschedule this fight, I got to keep on this weight cut. I got to make, excuse me, I got to make sure I'm not overtraining, but heck, we haven't even rescheduled the fight yet. Not and, just that, you know, but the financial part. Look how long I've been here. Exactly. Look how long I've been here. Look at the financial piece of it. I've wasted a lot of money. So um, look, there are a lot of things that that's a complete, that's a complete mess Cluster of a situation. That that's uh, one of the worst situations right now in boxing, in my opinion. Um, so yeah, man, we'll, we'll see what and, happens. And you got the, you got a uh, you have Cambosos winning that fight, right? No, I, I've got Tail winning the fight. I just okay. think it's going to be much harder than what he thinks it is. Um, but I need to see, you know, the guy look good at camp leading up to this. Let's see what happens. Let's see where his head is. Um, Tail is the type of guy who's got a lot of physical ability, but I believe. When Teo gets is defeated, I think it's going to be mentally because I think he makes a lot of really really poor decisions, um, and I think he has the wrong attitude, um, and so I think because of that, I think it's going to cost him. Yeah, definitely. and I think when you when you play so many games outside the ring, uh, and, and and some of the decisions that he's making, the way he's talking, I think you set yourself up for failure inside the ring because it means you're focused. You're busy. You're so busy consumed with playing games that you're not focused on the task at hand. And a guy like Cambosis, who you're already sleeping on, can slip in there and, and get you, from, you know, and steal one from you. And I, I see Tail as being the guy who's really, really primed for that type of situation. If it's not Cambosis, it's going to end up being somebody else just because he can't take the heat of, you know, not making more money or being more popular than his contemporaries. He's not making more money and he's not more popular than Ryan Garcia, you know, not more so than Devin Haney, not more so than Tank. But that's not um, your way. You got to play your own, you got to play your position in this thing and life yeah, period, yeah. but you got to play yeah, your position. His, his position should just be boxing. His position should be, I'm just going to be, you know, one guy may be more popular. One guy may know way Mayweather, the other, you know, two other two guys know Mayweather. They may be flashy, whatever. But I, at the end of the day, I'm going to be on top because I'm the best fighter. I'm the best boxer puncher. Do you think that, uh, that's, that's the role he plays? Do you think the Garcia Tank Davis fight happens this year or next year? No, I think I think Ryan Garcia is all cap. He's shown us who he is. You know, any you know, normally people when they cap on fights, it's at least one fight at a time. This guy manages to break the record and cap in two fights in one night. So um, I don't trust Ryan Garcia as far as I can throw him. And um, I, I think he's a fraud. And not a fraud because I don't think he has the skills. I just think mentally he's a fraud. And I think that, um, you know, he's ducked way too many fights. I mean, business damn, let's, really, let's, let's, let's think about this. He's a business But fighting too. Like, you won't fight. You're the mandatory for Devin Haney. You won't fight him. That's what I'm saying. I'm you saying all that together. That's yeah. the business of it. You like won't fight a, Tank. And then yeah. let's also add, you also wouldn't fight Fortuna. That's why yeah. he's fighting JoJo. So, I mean, that's three guys. In a matter of months. In a matter of days, if you think about it. Because really? Tank, 
Tank and Devin were the same night. And then when you decline, like a week later, when, you, you know, Dev think, okay, you're the mandatory, come on, let's go. You're like, ah, uh, you wait a while, you don't say anything. Next thing you know, the W. Suleiman comes out to try to save your skin. Uh, and he's like, oh, yeah, we're going to, you and Fortuna fight. Because before, remember, they said, oh, Dev has two mandatories. Well, who else has had two mandatories? So you make the two mandatories fight each other, and the winner takes Dev. So now you won't even take the fight to get to, to get that opportunity. Like, who, who turns down a title opportunity. Not just who turns down a title opportunity, but who gives up their mandatory position to mm-hmm. fight another guy to become a mandatory for an eliminator. Like who does yeah, wild, it, crazy yeah. shit like that? I mean, if, if you duck and look, you duck tank, I gotta get it. You duck Devin Haney, I can somewhat get it. I can see you like real talk business-wise, I can see you letting those fights marinate, but he talks too much crap. The thing is, He's too arrogant and, and he's him and tail make really, really bad business decisions. And whoever their PR people are, they're absolutely idiotic. They should be having them say, look, Devin Haney and Tank are really good fighters. Build the fight, beat all the other guys, get them on your resume, then have it be a big money fight at the end. Yes. That's what they should be doing. Yes. Trying to undercut the value of, te- of Tank and Devin Haney when you know they're the ones who are going to be there. Is the dumbest possible business move you could make. So we're basically and talking two, about. There's only two guys who are doing this. And I'm gonna tell you. I'm, 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 I'm gonna hit on something. And it, it, it's it's a racial thing. Ryan Garcia and Teofimo Lopez are playing to racism in boxing because it's only non-black fighters who do this. Think about it. They both think because they know boxing has some race issues. It just does that. Oh. Nobody's going to say anything. We can undercut the value of Tank and Devin Haney, and the industry won't reflexively clap back at us. But let somebody come and say, Tiafimo Lopez is, is a horrible, or he, he, hasn't, he hasn't fought anybody, or he, he know, okay, yeah, wow, he beat Lomachenko barely, but look at his face after the fight, or That's the you only know, one. That, guy, that guy will lose to anybody then at that point, the industry was saying, no, but Tio's undisputed. He beat the man. Or Ryan Garcia. Oh, Ryan Garcia has 18. The first thing, they, whenever you talk about Ryan Garcia's box skills, he ain't fought nobody. The first thing they talk about is how many Instagram followers he has, right? So you hear the defensiveness and reflexiveness of old media. But then you got them talking about Tank, who has more titles, more wins, more knockouts, making more money. So all the tangible things that matter in the sport Tank is heads and shoulders above better than, than both of them. Yes. And you look at a guy like Devin Haney, more money, own promotional company, title holder because Lomachenko ducked him and gave up the super so he can do the franchise nonsense, the franchise designation, which somehow mysteriously became a title, which now, which at first Lomachenko says, Tail's not undisputed, but now he thinks he's going to get a rematch with Tail. Now he wants to duck Devin Haney a second time and say, oh, no, but Tail is undisputed. So, you know, it's, it's a bunch of, they all can get away with it because at the end of the day, the people on the other side of that are black fighters. That's why they're getting away with it. Yes. And old media is okay with it. But the problem with old media, why they look stupid is, is because they keep making the wrong bet. And I don't understand it from a business decision in media. But I think, that's, I think, I think that's, that speaks to what you were saying, right? The complexion for the protection. They're protecting, the protection for the collection. they're protecting the bullshit. 
Like if that yeah. was a black fighter doing all this crazy stuff going on media saying two rounds, yeah. two rounds, yeah. two rounds. I'm knocking yeah. them out in two rounds. And we didn't yeah. take that fight. They will blow our yeah. shit up, man. They would say, look at this uh, guy. What an asshole yeah. this guy is. Right. So they make all the excuses. But the problem is that media has to understand is, is their receipts now. There are other people who are part of media who can make the old media look really, really, really stupid. And I just think old media, they have to get it together with the network kids because they're devaluing their own brand by not being honest and being, and you can clearly see the, the bias. You know, take for instance, like, you know, I, I don't even use a black fighter, right? It's only because he's their asset with Bud Crawford. ESPN has put so much energy into Bud being feared and Bud being dumped. But when Sean Porter has been calling out Bud for I don't know how long trying to get a fight, ESPN never says, well, Sean Porter wants to make the fight. Like, I, I get you were able to cap before because there was no rebuttal, but then there's been a rebuttal. That guy's saying, I want to fight. Boots Ennis called him out. So, I mean, several people, Virgil Ortiz called him out. So the thing is, and what they do is everybody's calling out Bud because they think he's the weakest link. They do. Notice, all, notice how all the fighters, Errol is, the bigger, is, the, is by far the biggest, the bigger payday between the two. And he's got the most belts. Notice how they call Bud out first. Two reasons. They think he's an easier fight. And secondly, he's got a strap, which is going to add more value to when they go to negotiate to hopefully get a, super, a big fight with Earl. We see this, and every fighter's doing it. Virgil Ortiz knows Earl Spence. He could easily say, I want to fight Earl next. Virgil Ortiz ain't with top rank, but who did Virgil Ortiz say, I want to fight next? I want to fight Bud Crawford. Same thing with Robert Garcia. You know, they talk out of both sides of the net. You know, versus, you know, well, Earl is just basic. Well, Earl was basic enough to beat your obviously less basic brother, right? So if Earl's basic, you're less, has he beat a yeah, you're, you're less, less basic. basic brother. Which I'm just he like is. that's that, like he's which insulting he his own brother yeah. without even realizing it. Yeah. Um, and I don't don't give me what a size differential. He called Earl out and he got in the ring and he signed the contract. So that was no your, your job was to go in there. That was your job, room. and you failed, and you failed miserably because your your brother, who's supposed to be the superior boxer, got outboxed every minute of that round of that fight. And the fight in the rounds you did get, Earl let you because he was taking taking off, he was taking a breather. So, but you call him basic now against Pacquiao, Pacquiao's dynamic. Then when he sleeps Pacquiao, what are you gonna say? So at the at the end of the day, um, I think what what uh, what was I going with Robert Garcia? Um, who who I'm sorry, who who was he training? We're talking about who? Uh, um, just had a brain fart there. <laughs> so some, you were you were explaining some whistling in the background. Obviously, it's a teacup going so off my you background. Were ex, you were explaining the situation as far as uh who, who calls out Bud Crawford, like why oh, yeah, everyone yeah. was calling calling yeah, out Bud yeah. Crawford. And so and so obviously, so Robert Garcia trains Virgil Ortiz. Who does Robert Garcia and Virgil Ortiz want to fight? Bud Crawford. Absolutely. So you know he says one thing, but he does another. So the guy that's dynamic and, oh, he's a pound-for-pound guy. And then you got a guy who's just basic, who beat the best fighter you have that you've ever trained, and and easily, by the way. And he beat him on what you say your guy was supposed to be better at. But then the first guy you call out with your second best fighter that you've ever trained, and Virgil Ortiz, in my opinion, Junior, 
you got him wanting to go against Bud Crawford. So, you know, the proof's in the pudding. I don't look at what people say. I look at what people do. And so uh, it's a lot of talk. And Ryan Garcia, back to Ryan Garcia, it's a lot of talk. But, no, that fight is not going to happen. That, um, I predict that fight will never happen. <coughs> Excuse me. Bless you. I predict I, that fight will never happen. What I was trying to get to was that we can basically just call uh, Ryan Garcia a diva of the sport. No, we can call Ryan Garcia like he's in purgatory, right? He's somewhere in between. He's somewhere in between in between a lightweight prospect and a YouTuber. Like, I just think he's, he's not, a diva. I just think he's a he's diva. not fully either one of them, right? Is he a real fighter or is he a real YouTuber? I think he's stuck somewhere in this purgatory where he doesn't really know what's going on. I think I think. I mean, he's, he's definitely a diva. He's bought into this big hype around him that he's this sensation. But, you know, with all the men or who have ever been male divas, they always have that descent, you know, into the into yeah. the pits because they forget to continue to do the work. And we're not seeing him do the work. Well, he, well, he's the champion because he spent a lot of energy like for so for, for the gram. And this is what people got to understand about social media. See, our generation built social media. And the reason why we always coming down on these exennials or whatever is because the gram is not real. You can do some, you can be doing a real activity, but the gram is not the actual proving ground. Correct. So for Ryan, he looks like a training monster. You see his, his, his videos, he's ducking and dodging stuff. He's people throwing objects at him. He's ducking and dodging, he's punching stuff. And he's, he's doing these big left hooks, showing how much power and how fast his hands are, but he won't do it in the ring. So, I'm just saying, I, I think with him, there's a lack of confidence. And I think that, that, that um, to me, he should be like in a, a, a workout. He should do like training and workout videos as opposed to actually being a fighter. I think he'd be phenomenal at it. He's popular. He's a good looking young kid. He's got a, a great following, got a lot of women following him. Um, I think he'd be better off being like Billy Blanks. Yeah. You know, yeah. Finding, finding his Tybo. Yeah. As opposed to getting in the ring, because he he, he clearly doesn't want the smoke. Clearly, yeah. yeah, it's evident. It is quite evident, man. I, I don't know. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think you got to find your niche. Yeah, you if know, you don't want to do it, number just one, yeah, just say it. Hey, man, you know. Yeah, the what? number one rule in everything is, is know thyself. Yeah, and so and that's all he got to do is just come. Yeah, just come out. You know what? I love boxing, but I don't. I don't love it that much. Yeah, and I he can be honest about what he doesn't love about it, Ryan. And I could tell. With the Luke Campbell fight, Ryan Garcia, not that anybody likes it, but there's levels to it. He really doesn't like getting hit. Um, and I think he was embarrassed that a guy who is not known to not let alone knock guys out, but knock guys down. And it was like a, a flash. He knocked them down cleanly with a basic maneuver. Right. And so um, it was an overhand left, right? It was a straight left. A straight. OK. It was just a straight left hand. It, it was nothing flashy or, you know, it wasn't shot of a cannon. It was just basic straight left hand right down the pipe. No trickery, nothing. No big setup to it. Just bam. I would like to see, just because I would like to see Luke Campbell versus Devin Haney. I would like to see how that goes. Devin Haney would, would stop Luke Campbell. I would like to see that. It wouldn't be it wouldn't be like the one punch body shot and nah. the fight stops. Nah. It would be more of a cl clearly you're being outboxed, clearly you're being tagged a lot, and it would just be the, cum the accumulation of punches 
that would eventually make uh, Luke Campbell quit. How I think it would go the same way he was trying to do what Devin Hankey was trying to do to uh, Lenaris. I think it'll go that way. Yeah, I think, but I think Lenaris is way tougher. Yeah, than, uh, yeah, we get that, but I'm just yeah. saying, I think Dev coming forward oh, yeah. and standing in front of yeah. him, I think, I think oh, that's yeah. what it'll, it'll, it'll look like. Hey, he would definitely stand in front of Luke Campbell without a doubt. He would, he, you know, he would, he would relish staying right in the pocket. I don't even think he would, he would even take any steps back. I think he would just literally walk Luke Campbell down because I don't think he fears Campbell's power. And I think he knows Campbell has um, his punch resiliency isn't that great. I think that, so. I think that's a fight they should consider. Um, just to you know, put one of those on there. You know, nah, I, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't even. Uh, Luke Campbell, um, just because the way he ran his mouth and he's talking. I mean, maybe maybe somewhere down the line, if I'm if I if I need if I'm taking a big fight, you know, I would just disrespect him. I would just like, oh man, I just fought you know such and such a big fight. Um, you know, I, I need, I, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do, you know, I'm, I'm waiting for the really big fight. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna make sure I, I keep my skills sharp and I'm, I'm gonna take another fight, just a stay busy fight. And I would literally label Luke Campbell a stay busy fight and disrespect him that way. And, mm. and then if I'm in that situation, then I take Luke Campbell because it's not a big money fight. And number one, and number two, Luke Campbell is not elite. Every time Luke Campbell has a faced elite competition, he's lost. Well, it, it, it isn't a big money fight then would you do it overseas um no just to pull that fan haney, just to pull if, that fan base no if i'm devin haney um he he, he i heard what i listened to what bill said and i think he they should follow that model i think um they should continue to try to build their brand in vegas because there's a huge gap you know floyd owned vegas um I thought it was going to be Gervonta, but it looks like this Atlanta thing is really, really popping for Gervonta. They really connect with him culturally. Um, And I think Atlanta is going to be his, his hot spot, which, which then to me leads the Vegas is still wide open. And I think Dev should just hop on that. And I think he should do all these fights in Vegas. I think he, he should, he should, he should almost be like the, you know, when you go to see the casinos and you see like the different entertainer that's playing that night at Hakkasan. Yeah, like Devin Haney is the boxing, you know, uh, it's always a boxing show in town. Yeah, the resident I, I just stay in Vegas, man. Yeah, the resident Because one, you, you're right there at the center of the universe, and that's what the money is. And so to me, um, if I'm Dev, no, I, I take him in Vegas. I don't, I don't, I only go to somebody else's backyard if they're a titleist and it's a big money fight. Other than that, I fight in Vegas because everybody will come to Vegas. They, it's, it's a proven, it's a proven business model. People will travel all around the world to come see a fight in Vegas. True. That's very, very. And true. Vegas has the capacity to handle it. If you're a big star, it has the capacity. So, um, no. If I'm him, I'm from here on out. I'm I'm Vegas. You know, if I go if I go to take Tank, I do that in Atlanta. You know, they go come to another, Vegas for that fight too, though. Yeah, I do it in Atlanta, though. I do it, and I'm gonna tell you why I do it in Atlanta. I do it in Atlanta because you know Atlanta's like Black Hollywood. You got nice. two premier nice. black boxers and athletes at the top of their game i think atlanta would be because all the best and brightest in anything in in our culture of our culture they would be there not that they wouldn't show up in vegas but i think you get even more in atlanta i think you got to do that in the stadium though if they do that in atlanta yeah yeah i mean you could do it in the falcons you could do what you could do in the falcons play you could do it there i I would definitely do it there um but yeah i think you do that and that that fight in line and you know and tank is the a-side in that fight and so if Tank has built Tank is is good money and good business because Tank has built the market there, 
And I think that's also a fight that could end up being a trilogy. If I'm dead, I'm like, okay, Tank, we'll do the first in Atlanta. If I beat you, then you got to do the rematch in Vegas. You got to come to my backyard. You know, I kind of focus on building the business that way in two markets. I wouldn't just keep it in Vegas. I would expand and grow another market and tap into that earning potential. Yeah. Uh, from a business perspective, from a branding perspective of what Javante's already done, why not eat off of what he's already building? Um, you know, they got a whole apparatus over there with Mayweather promotions and PBC. So if I'm dev and, and it's going to have to be that way anyway, because if he does fight tank it's going to be on PBC, it's going to be the A side and he's a free agent anyway. So to me, that's, that's, that's how I look at it. And then the rematch clause, if I win, I would just stipulate the rematch has to be in Vegas. Sounds good. That's it. Sounds good. Sounds yeah. Good. I mean, yeah, other than that, there's nobody else. I would fight right now, currently in his division, that I wouldn't fight in Vegas. Nobody else is worth it. Yeah. I, I just kind of see Luke Campbell being one of those ones where you go there, gotcha, you know, like. Uh, what, if, what, what, if, he, if he was bigger, look, if, if, if I'm going to the UK and I'm Devin Haney, it's got to be Wimbledon. It's got to be Wimbledon. If, if, if I'm not, in, then I need a somebody in my weight division from the UK that is a, such a superstar. I need somebody on Anthony Joshua level. Yeah, to yeah. where we to where we can go fight in Wembley because then it it, it it's worth the risk because you, you know <laughs> they're gonna get some home cooking and the, the the live gate is much bigger and the money is a bigger fight. I'm not going over to the UK to fight somebody in the O2 arena. You know, I'm just I'm not doing that. It's not worth my time. Um, so to me, I, that's the only way I would go to the UK. And I, I don't know anybody. I don't see anybody as of right now who is a UK boxer who, who can feel Wembley. So to me, no, I, I don't, you know. You, you, yeah, yeah. I don't see nobody there over there feeling up for 80, I, I 80 to 100,000. But I'm sure they was, I'm sure they would show up. I'm sure you, you don't think he could give it 50 to 60,000 in there? Luke Campbell couldn't get 30,000. <laughs> oh my God. He, he probably, he would probably honestly get 15,000. Luke Campbell is an O2 arena at best fighter gotcha. at this point in his career. Gotcha. You know, maybe if you would have got him after he got his, after the Olympics, maybe if you would have got him before Lenars got to him and, 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 and before Ryan Garcia got to him. Did he know, fight, did he fight Loma? Yeah, he fought Loma. Yeah. He fought Loma too. Um, maybe if you got to him before all those guys, before he got, you know, blemished. And it's not even the fact that he lost it's how he lost those fights. So, you know, it, it's, yeah, he, he, no, not the, the UK fans aren't dumb. They, they support their fighters, but not dumb, you know, so they're not coming at, you know, the, to the clip of 25,000 plus, unless they think their guy has a real shot to win. They're not going to come and watch him get knocked out or get outclassed. Did so, you know, really you really think Ricky hadn't had a chance against Mayweather? Well, where was that fight? Oh, uh, True. <laughs> True. Yeah. yeah. See, he was he, he could have filled Wimley, but it's a reason why they didn't do it there. Because they know the UK fans are like, mm, no. But he had a good contention show up that came over. They said they was about Same thing with Pacquiao. Him and Pacquiao could have filled Wimley. You know why they didn't do it? Because they knew he was going to get knocked out. So 
it has to be a fight where they think they're at worst 50-50, right? Gotcha, gotcha. But they I love 60-40s. It's you. just like promoters. They want to make sure they get their guy in there with the right type of odds. Yeah. And so for Luke Campbell, those would be horrible odds. Yeah, and, you know, there, you don't want to come in. You don't want to come somewhere. You know, that, that's like soccer. You don't want to come there and do your soccer chance and wave your flag. And then by the sixth round, your guys, you know, laying, you know, face down on the canvas. It's like, what do you, you know, what do you do then? I mean, you go to the pub, what do you do with the flag? You fold it up, put it in your back pocket. Salute to Arrow Spence for going over to uh, Sheffield and, and, and bringing that strap Well, yeah, because they thought Kell Brook was going to beat him. Yeah, so it's a, it was 50-50. That was 50 it was, it was truly a 50-50 fight. Some people thought maybe 55-45 in Brook's favor. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, um, that's one of those rare opportunities you get that. And, again, it was in Sheffield. It wasn't in Wembley, you know. Um, so, to me – uh, it was a different stadium. So to me, you know, no, for Deb, no. There's nobody. There's only one fighter you go. The only other fighter who could um, may have Deb go somewhere else, but it's not going to happen. Could have been Ryan Garcia, right? Because he's a big enough attraction. If he would have made another market his home and he would actually a fighter who would fight people, mm-hmm. then he would have been a big enough star to maybe go to another market. But he's not fighting. He doesn't have it in him. He's not a big enough star actually in the fight game to 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 command that. So to me, um, it's just Tank. Tank is the only guy that you leave Vegas for. All right. Well, that's and that it still helps Dev out because could you imagine if Dev beats Tank in Atlanta? That puts his name up there now. I mean, it would be beyond it. I mean, so you already missed Vegas, but now you've also grabbed Black Hollywood. Ooh. Now you're cooking. See, you know, you're not just cooking. I mean, you 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 got a whole chain of restaurants. Right. <laughs> you know, it's gonna be called Haney's. Right. You know, I right. mean, it's it, that's huge for, for them. And I want to see both of them do it because it'd be huge for Javante too. I want to see them both build themselves up and have it be a huge super fight so that actually, number one, they both benefit from it. And that the winner really, you know, gets you know, becomes an all-time great. I want it to be one of those types of things. Do you think after this fight with Castaño, Mel will stay at 154 or he'll go to 160? I think Mel stays at 154. I think he fights Lubin and he licks Lubin again just to prove his point. And then I think he moves up. Okay. Because there's nobody else. After Lubin, because with Lubin, yeah, he knocked him out. It was so quick and it was so devastating. It was one punch. So people, you know, you know, you got this whole, well, that was a lucky punch thing. And knowing Mel's energy and his attitude, he'll be like, okay, I'm going to show you it wasn't lucky. <laughs> so I, I see, I see Castaño, I see Lubin, and then I see him moving to middleweight. And middleweight is an easy division, and it's also historical. And I think it's the reason why Maul, people don't think about this, I think it's the reason why Maul has been really strategic about with the unifications, because I think they want to be two twin brothers in the same division that are champions. I don't think that's ever happened before in boxing. They did at 154. Okay. But I mean, I, I, okay, so I think they would try to do it at 160. I think that's the play. And I think they let Earl, Earl, come, Earl come in and fill out 154 and see what he can do at 154. And then their belt holders at 160. And then I think Maul is the only one who can flex between 160 and 168 if it's the right type of fight. Man, you know, but obviously Benavidez is trying to throw a wrench in that by saying I'll come down to 160. So we'll we'll see how that all shakes the out. The monster. He, he, yeah, he, he could definitely throw a wrench in it. Um, 
I, I, when he says something, I believe him. I don't think he should do it. I think it's a bad move for him. I think he should keep himself. It's not worth coming down for, for Maul. I get what you think about Maul, but Maul isn't. If Maul was a pay-per-view star, I would do it. But he's not. I know, you know, DB is doing it out of, like, pride and, like, you said you're going to whip me. It, you know, and that's just some street stuff. And I respect that. But it's a business. I think it's a bad business decision because the risk isn't worth the reward. I think he should stay at 168. I think he should continue to leverage this plant Canelo situation to make sure he secures his Canelo bout before Canelo, you know, goes another direction. And I think mm-hmm. that's honestly, I think that's what's holding up the Canelo plant fight. I think that Al is like, well, you did a two fight deal with his own. I want a two fight deal with PBC. Because Canelo doesn't have a network, so there's no excuses. You can't say, well, I have a contractual obligation to this promoter or to this network, so why can't you fight on Fox pay-per-view? Okay, get plant, and guess what? Add the lineal one. WBC champion is David Benavidez. Fight yeah. David Benavidez. No one's beat David. Hold up. No one's beat David. Yeah. So, and, and so to me, and that's a huge fight. That's a pay-per-view fight. Canelo and plant, I mean, will it be pay-per-view? Probably so. But the real pay-per-view fight is Canelo and David Benavidez. So to me, if I'm David, I don't, I don't risk that trying to drop weight and kill myself to go get Charlo when I'm already in prime position at 168 to get Canelo. Because let's be honest, Canelo ain't staying at 175. No, I don't think he, he, he may pick that. and choose certain things, yeah. but he won't be able to survive at 175 because there's other guys coming around at 175 who are going to be a serious problem that I don't care how good his skills are, it's just going to be a problem for him. So I, I just think that uh, 168 is his division. And if I'm DB, I stay at 168. I murk everybody else. You know, I say, hey. I'm the best. Morel, I've been David the best. Morel, you hear PBC. You know, I get it. People saying you're good and this and that. If you want to really test your skills, you want to step up. Come on, I'll, I'll lick you. Hey, Berlanga. Let's do it. I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll give him some time, Jay. He he need he needs some time. No, 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 no. I would give. I don't think that fight's gonna happen. Number one, I I, I say it though. I say it, but because people are people are talking about him now. But I say it just to make the record clear, so you don't come across looking like Keith Thurman, right? I'm here, but I'm not gonna give a guy a shot. But let's be honest, Morel don't want that fight right now, and Morel's people don't want that fight. He'll be advised to get. Probably several more fights. I think they got the same promoter. I think they both got Samson. Yeah, they're both PBC. I think they, they got yeah, Samson, both, though. Yeah. I think they both got yeah. Samson. So um, I just think I just think the way that'll work is. But is Berlanga, that, hell yeah. Get that Berlanga fight, DB. So I can see Berlanga, but Berlanga's top rank. Um, but I, I definitely see him saying, hey, Berlanga, he can get the smoke. Hey, you know, if the plant, you know, plant wins, he can get the smoke, but I would not come off 168 pounds if I'm David Benavidez to move down to 160 to fight Jamal Charlo. I just not would I would not just a bad business city. I, I hear you, but you know when a guy is determined, he got his mind. He got his mind made up. And he, like like we said, like we spoke over the phone, he could just be fucking around with Charlo, knowing at this point that it, it ain't gonna happen. But I, I think he is. But I think he would do it if Charlo said come to one sixty. But let me, let me tell you what's gonna happen. It's not gonna happen because Charlo, Charlo's gonna be like, well, you're not even ranked in the WBC. 
at 160. So unless he goes to Suleiman and Suleiman slides him in there, which Suleiman could do. He, he, he would could do, do something it. Like that. But the whole thing, if you say that I'm not ranked at 160, now you're making up another fucking excuse for me. Well, for of me course, not he, to fight. He, he wants to make Charlo do that. But Suleiman and Canelo love this. Because Suleiman, this is the Canelo, the Canelo witness program. So they're like, yes, we can either weaken him, he can take a chance, or we move him out the way because now he's down in middleweight. He's not in your way, Canelo. And now people are not going to be talking about it. You ain't fight him. And that he's lineal. Because now people gonna, all people going to talk about him and Charlo. So I'm pretty sure, you know. It was still working like, DB favor. It was still working DB favor because you, then you would say he moved down to 160 to fight a guy that you wouldn't even fight for the last four or five years. Well, I don't think he need to do that. Because he, he don't need to. I'm just, I'm just saying, like, they would look at him and go, well, he still fought him. Well, why, ain't, why ain't Canelo fight To me, he's fine. Malls talked about going on 168 to fight Canelo. DB's name came up because he's at 168. Maul talked that talk. And DB accepted the challenge. Maul declined the challenge. Nothing else needs to happen. Yeah. It's, it's, it's evident. Yeah. I would not go down to 160 because it's not going to prove anything. Because eventually, if Maul wanted the Canelo fight, he's going to come up to 168 anyway. I don't even know why he keeps asking for that fight. Well, Reynoso already said Canelo is not coming down. He's not, yeah, he not, not coming down. Like you keep you keep yeah, asking Canelo's for not that coming guy. Down, you should uh, be worried about you should be worried about Murata, Golovkin, and anybody else at 160. That's what you should be exactly. worried about. Stop yelling out Canelo. Canelo ain't coming down there for you, dog. You ain't even a pay-per-view yeah. fighter yet. And, and that and that's my point. That's why if I'm David Benavidez. I'm not fighting him. He's not, he not a pay-per-view fighter. He's not. I'm, number one, I'm not going to get his crowd because his people know about me, watch me anyway. I have nothing else extra to gain to help me get the big fights I really want to get, which is the Canelo fight. I've got to build my name up big that if, if top rank and Bob Arum is going to feed me Berlanga, I got to be huge. I got to be big. So what do I need to do to, to be big to get a Berlanga. Because a Berlanga fight to me is bigger than a Jamal Charlo fight, in my opinion. It is. It is. Um, so Take to me, on then either you beat Clinton, take his strap. See, now Bob Aaron be like, oh, we put that strap on the line. You, oh, maybe, maybe I'll think about he's and Bob Aaron still wouldn't do it. But then if he goes and he beats Canelo, see, then Bob does that fight. Because that's such a big money fight. That Dave takes all the glory. He's got all the belts at 168. And then Berlanga, who's over in the Witness Protection Program in, in top rank, is now the last guy standing, potentially. And then you do that, you know. But knowing Al, that's why he liked having David Morrell, because Berlanga don't have a lot of fights and Morrell don't have a lot of fights. He said, well, Berlanga, maybe you should fight David Morrell. He got three times as many fights as David Morrell. He does? He got 18, man. 17, Dave has what? Uh, he only has six fights or did six he have eight seven. fights? So, yeah, then he does have, yeah, you're right. Then he does have three times more. That would be a good fight, though. I Man, I don't want, I don't want to scar Morrell right now. Let, let that cat build it up, man. Yeah, I, I know. I know. We'll let him, we'll let him marinate, bro. But, uh, you know, that guy, hey, he, he likes to, he likes to scrap and Berlanga likes to scrap. I think that would be a good fight. I think I don't uh, know. No, we need more time. I know. I know you at least want two more years. I know. I I, I get it. Yeah. I I do think that if he gets caught up in 
And that's Puerto Rico versus Puerto Rico. Is it Puerto Rico, Cuba? Uh, Morel's Cuba. Cuba. I think he goes into the inside and bangs out uh, Berlanga. That's me. Yeah, I mean, at, at the end of the day, that fight boils down to two things. Berlanga right hand and Morel straight left. And so now they cancel each other out. So now whoever has the better jab wins that fight. Who better makes the better adjustments? And I think Morel will just make the better adjustments. I think Morel will make the better. I think Morel's a better, better overall boxer than Berlanga. That's a fact. That's you know, fact. not anything can happen in the ring. Berlanga could hit you with that one hit a quitter, and you know, that's that's all she wrote. But I think Morel is the is the better boxer between the two. Yeah, I just like I told you uh, when we saw that uh, fight a couple weeks ago. I was like, man, he just needs to get more uh, more. Time yeah, he needs more experience. He, yeah, yeah. He, he needs to get more fights. He needs to go deeper into fights, um, and he needs to keep taking better competition. I think now you know he'll he'll get a couple step up fights coming. Now, out if his skills is if his skill set is really that like a, a Lomachenko where you can just throw him in there with guys and you know do what you got to do what you do what you. So word on the do. word on the street is that's what they compare him to in terms of because he got such a, a an extensive amateur pedigree. Okay. That they think that his his skills wise is already there. Okay. I still think they're gonna put some Lowry season salt on him for a minute. You got to get that division and, you know, getting clipped by one yeah. of them punches is, is different. And you already got Benavidez right there. So if I'm a real, I eat food on my side of the block that's beneath, that's underneath David Benavidez. I let Benavidez handle his business. And if there's a big fight at the end that's all PBC to be had, you got the inside track for that fight. You don't have to worry about having to be hard to make that fight. That's the easiest fight to make. Yep. Yep. So um, if I'm a real junior, that's what I do. And, um, you know, but at the moment where you're ready to talk about a David Benavidez, you gotta, you still gotta come for the head of uh, Berlanga. You got to, because Benavidez is is ahead of Berlanga. Absolutely. So they're both competing to get to where even where Benavidez is right now, um, and then Benavidez is trying to get Canelo. That's why I don't think it makes sense for him to give up his positioning and go down to 160 to fight yeah, Charlo. I, I don't the, think it's worth the risk. That's just me being theoretical about the Charlo Benavidez yeah. thing, but. Uh, yeah. and he wouldn't get the fight anyway if he got down to one six because Maul ain't taking that fight even when he got down to one six. Well, I don't know, man. At Maul, you know, Maul gonna say GGG. Well, you, sh- you <laughs> should keep on now, GGG. You should keep on now, GGG. Um, I, I would now like he to got see- food too. He got, he got GGG and he got Andre, so he has some ample distractions. That he can fight the legitimate fights ahead of Benavidez. Murata's there too, but you know he ain't gonna do number stay in Japan. He ain't gonna come over here for that smoke. Uh, allegedly, he's supposed to fight Golovkin by the end of the year. Remember, I told you it's gonna uh, uh, a prediction. I was like by the by January he'll end up fighting Murata, and look how that shit kind of played out. Then my, man, I don't know. I don't even want to talk about Golovkin, man. I I'm not the. Big I'm gonna tell you who I like. I'm gonna tell you who Murata's gonna end up fighting. Um. They got to just be Rob Brandt, Janabek. He's he's solid, the southpaw. Man, he was clipping uh, Brandt. Rob Brandt, yeah. He was clipping Brandt. Janabek is a good fighter. People sleep on him. Another one with really good amateur pedigree. I think he's he's the guy that you're going to see get a GGG or get a, um, a Murata before an Andrade or a Charlo will. Mm. He's just very well positioned, especially Murata, because Janabek is, you know, 
He's from uh, say Kazakhstan, Uzbekistan. He's from somewhere over in that part of the world. So I think that's a, at least regionally, a bigger fight for that region to fight a Janabek versus Murata. And that's why GGG and Murata is a big fight because, again, it's in that hemisphere of the world. So you have to think about it from a, 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 ge- a, ge- a geographical standpoint, too. Gotcha. gotcha. And so I think th- those, are, those three are going to, I think, Circle. figure their thing out. And that's why I think Charlo and Andre need to figure their thing out in this hemisphere. <laughs> I'm sure we've spoken on this before. Who do you think wins that fight, Charlo or Andre? Oh, man. <laughs> it's a 50-50 fight. Uh, I, I, don't, I can't say anybody wins because to me, they both had subpar performances their, uh, their last fight. I don't when I look at these guys, um, at least off the last performances, I don't see them elevating from where they currently were. They're both kind of like still stagnant to me right now. They're stuck at their spot, which is why they need each other. Because I think in order for either one of them to elevate their game, they're going to have to fight better competition, which is each other. They would both be each other's best competition today. Facts. And then let the cream rise. And I think they're going to have to answer the challenge and fight each other. Cause I think, you know, why is it always going to be a winner or a loser, but at the end of the day it's going to make both of them better. And so um, I'm hoping that's the fight to make is those two guys. And you let GGG, he's not going to fight you anyway, bro. So let him do the Murata and Janabek thing. Let, yeah. let that happen. And then whoever's left standing over there, you're here, and then you got your baby brother moving up, and then you guys try to go ahead and dominate the middleweight division and do what you did at 154. And then you to can me, still have, yeah. and then in the process, a rematch would just make them more money. People want but to yeah, see make that more fight. Money. Yeah, people want to see that fight. Um, and again, I think black fighters have to start fighting each other and building their own market. You know, um, the, the, and follow the pathway of the of the greats from the past of Hearns and Hagler, Hearns and, and Leonard and all those guys. Those guys all fought each other. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Even though, you know, in my opinion, people were scared to fight, a certain person was scared to fight Marvin Hagler, and he was trying to wait to see some slippage, and it didn't really happen. In the microwave. You know, but I think, right. I think, I think, no, you're good. I think that's a good fight, and uh, I definitely want to see Charlo versus Andre. The, mm-hmm. I, I just feel like just me. I just feel like Andre can outbox him. I just feel like he can outbox him. The only way Mel to get him is to go in there and try to and try to t- tear him off. Well, here's the thing: Maul will bang it out, and I think the problem with Andre is Andre lets the other guy get on the inside. He doesn't keep the other guy on the outside, and he gives away his advantage generally midway through the fight. He's not disciplined enough to just stick to outboxing a guy. And then setting him up, you know, he'll stun that guy early and then he's in constant decline each round. And I would like to see it the other way around. I would like to see him slowly build and then, you know, get better as the fight goes along to a a crescendo. So to me, because he's upside down in that area, that's that's why I have to favor Maul because I would think eventually Maul would get on the inside, touch him up. And then that would be. I hear you. I hear. I just think that's a fight that he would both of both of them would get up for that fight. And I just think that agreed in situations like just going back to the whole 
Andre versus Willie Nelson for that fight. He didn't act mm-hmm. a fool. Like he was disciplined and he he outboxed Willie Nelson for that fight. And he he wanted right. to win. He wanted to win that fight and, and be champion and everything. And I think against a Charlo, he would have more discipline. Uh, I would hope that he would have more discipline and be dedicated to outbox them all and keep them all on the inside using that long wiry frame that he has. And if he does go to the inside, it's let me get mine, steal mine, and then let me get out and leave you with nothing. Let me rob the bank yeah. and get nothing. I, I think that'll be the gameplay, the game plan, but we've both seen time after time Andre lack the discipline to stick to the game plan. And because I think he's emotionally invested because there's personal animus between the two of them. I just think he would um he would break down from a from a discipline standpoint and give Maul the opportunity that he needs. I think he outboxes Maul. But I think Maul lands the big shot and hurts him. And I think, you know, now here's the thing. If At Maul some point, they're going to trade. They're going to trade. Yeah. Yeah, they're going to trade. And, you know, we'll see what happens. At the end of the day, what we're both saying is they need to make the fight. Yes. To me, it's absolutely. the only fight either one of them should make. Because, look, Maul, you're not getting Canelo. You're not getting Triple G. They're really trying to push Triple G hard with Andre. But Triple G's not going to fight Andre. It's just not going to happen. He's going to fight Murata. That's Andre Meech, if you listening, bro, they not going they going they going to keep you away from that fight. You've been over yeah. there for 3 4 years, man. And and there's more money in the Murata fight. Again, you know, us westerners, especially Americans, tend to think the whole world is just America. No. But you know, there's a whole other part of the world and when you look at Murata who is obviously a champion at 160 and he's from Japan, and then you look at Triple G, and Triple G is what is he Kazakh? He's, is he from Kazakhstan? Kazakhstan, Kazakhstan yeah. So when you you know these, that's in the Eastern Hemisphere. So in terms of his people traveling, and the fight would definitely be in Tokyo. All right, it would definitely be in Japan. Murata being you know the champion, and he's got a built-in market there. The local promoter base, they're gonna put big money up for that fight. Oh yeah, you know that. And it's gonna have a good live gate because of that audience. It's a regional audience that fits the demographics fit in that region for those two fighters. Yes. So that's a bigger fight and that's a bigger money fight. And at his age, Triple G is going to go for the bet, make the best business decision yes. over anything. So I get a belt and I get to make more money and my fan base gets to come and I can be, I can be the big fish over here. And the zone has think, put on cars over there already. So yeah. And they've done it. So to me, um, that, that, that's, what's going to happen. And so to me, they, they, they actually need each other. And I think whoever, even a person that loses benefits. Yeah. Because at least they can say they have that name on their resume. And let's be honest, um, other than Canelo Triple G, that would be the best comp anybody's faced or the best fight that's ever been made at 160 in recent years. Yeah. Yeah. So win, lose, or draw, I think that's that's the situation. Big Charlo, come on, man. Meech, y'all put that fight together. Y'all need y'all need each other for that fight. That's a fight where y'all can make some good cash, man. Yeah, they, they can be good money. And you know, I, I'll tell you exactly where they should do that fight. They should do that fight in Atlanta. You think that should be Atlanta? I think that should be Atlanta. Um, because look at it. Here's why I would take that shit um, back to Houston, my guy. You, you you of course you would, but then that's <laughs> and that's that's Charlo's backyard. I, I think Andre will want something more neutral. I do I think he'd go to Houston, yes. But I think these guys, again, they have to think outside the box and look from a branding perspective. Charlo has already got Houston. I mean, he got the keys to the city. I mean, his brother, right? Nice. So you, 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 you can fight, 
you know, this lemon glass and 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 do people big numbers. People show up, Houston, yeah. People show right? up, right? But now, now, if you want to get the bigger fights, what draw are you outside of Houston? You know, how have you built up your fan base outside of Houston? So you go to another market where there are a lot of African Americans. Now you have two African American champions, two black champions, and you fight them in a top in a top in a tier one, tier two market, tier one market. And a place where you have the elites come out, right? The, the 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 Hollywood. So if you're not doing the fight in Los Angeles, which I don't think is a good idea, Atlanta would be the perfect place. Do you do, to do that uh, fight? Do you do? And again, tanks already built. Tanks already built that market. Correct. Right? They, the fight fans come out. That would be a I'm gonna get dressed up and show out. That's a step and repeat red carpet type yeah, thing. Definitely. Because it's because because again, tank went. And we're talking about, yeah, he was going for the regular championship. Yes, Tank is a superstar. But these guys are both current real champions yeah. in, in, in the division. And, and everybody fighting. is going to want to see that. And they're both in their prime. This yeah. is not a younger guy, older guy, yeah. uh, you know, uh, intercontinental it, 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 uh, uh, intercon- champion and yeah. super champion and regular champion. No, yeah. these are two real champions. And it's, a, and it's, a, it's in a historic Weight division. It's in the middleweight division. Yeah, the boxing so I just world would think, love that. Man, take that, bro. And it would be and, for the WBC and WBC and the WBA. And, and, and think about it. People from Texas can travel to Atlanta. Where's Where's Andre from? Andre from the East Coast, didn't he? Yeah, he's from uh, Long Island. So yeah, so he from bam. Four, four hour four hour plane Tri- ride. I think do some do some triangulation there. Bam, yeah. right there. Follow him. That's why. Yeah. yeah, that that that's exactly where I would do it. And they Absolutely. both win because they both gain more fans, you know, and the money's going to be there. Oh, you know, the that. money's going to be there. You so to that. me, that's the fight to make. That's the location that I would do it. And the it's boxing a, it's, world it's a will unific- show up. Boxing world will show up. Black Hollywood will show up. Other people will show up. And it's a unification. And it's also big just in boxing business because you got a guy who signed to Matchroom and under his own network fighting a guy who is with, you know, PBC. And who's on, uh, you know, what Showtime? So yeah. to me, that's other. That's something else that's groundbreaking that you don't see a lot. That they can really say, "Hey, we really want to make this happen." Even though we have different promoters, even though we're on different networks, this fight had to happen. Yeah. This is the clash. This is this is the middleweight. These are the two best middleweights because these because we're the only two who are willing to fight each other. See, those are the things that they can really say. And because they're on this half of the hemisphere. And the other side don't even care. I ain't thinking about it. They can say it, and it will completely sell. Do you think that would be like a Hagler Hearns fight? Maybe. Of course it would. See, and and so triple. I would do the same thing. I would do the same strategy with Triple G and Murat. Oh, we're the two top middleweights. You know, we're the two that want to fight each other. So if you're talking about that part of the hemisphere, all those people are going to drink that Kool Aid. Yeah. They don't know yeah. who Jamal Trollo is. They don't know who Demetrius Andre. They can care less. They can look on box right, but they don't know who these guys are. And, yeah. and even if they do know who they are, they don't care. Because they're yeah. black and they're American. Yeah, we don't. We so don't to wanna, me, we don't want to do that. Yeah, that makes a great fight. I say we got Eastern Hemisphere, we got Western Hemisphere, and then you put the two winners. At the, to me, that's how I would position it. Yeah. Um, if I'm Jamal or if I'm uh, Demetrius, you know, I kind of pull do what Ryan Garcia said, but actually have the balls to follow through with. Ryan Garcia had a great idea. Hey, it's four of us. What these two fight, these two fight, then the winners fight each other, and maybe the losers fight each other. Yeah. Now he just didn't have the balls to go through with it. And I think Maul or Andre should say, okay, 
Marada GGG, y'all go ahead and handle y'all business over there. We gonna you do know, this we're gonna have a lot of business over here. And hey, let's get at it. Make that fight, champs. Come on, champs. Make that fight. We need to see that. Yeah. The yeah, best it, have great, to fight the it, best, man. It makes sense from a sporting perspective, and it makes great business uh sense. And, and it's, it's gonna geographically, be geographically that's gonna be history, yeah. man. Well, that is history. Yeah, that, like literally, they could literally say. Hagler Hearns. They could literally, you know, say Hagler Leonard. They can they can pull from something that is historic that's already happened and they can use that energy and then say, and we're gonna do it in Atlanta. We're gonna do it in Chocolate City. We're gonna do it in Black Hollywood. Man, that's crazy. It's just it, it's it's huge. It is at all the athletes, NBA, because I think from a cultural perspective. And you know the, the NBA, NBA players, the in a football the NBA players, players love, love boxing. That the act, the entertainers are gonna come. Yes, like, Denzel gonna show up. Denzel gonna show up. Doctor J All gonna show things. up. Yeah, and there'll be some crossover. There'll be other people from other demogra- demographics who will show up to that. Absolutely, fight and come that's, that's, and, it'll be epic. That'll be right. Epic. And then yeah, and then when you think from an entertainment perspective, just think about the festivities during that weekend. All the pre-fight parties. All the fight parties. You know, what it would do to the local economy. That's another reason why I do it. I do it because of the benefit they could have to the local economy there. And so I just, and you ingratiate yourself to a a, a demographic that receives boxing very well. You saw that, and that was Tank Barrios. That wasn't Tank in another black fight. That was Tank in Barrios. If Charlo were to win, would you take the next one to Houston? No. So if it's Charlo, if it's Charlo, here it is. I, I'm, I believe in thinking outside the box and building brands. So if it's if you got Charlo, let's say if it's Charlo and it's GGG. Well, let's say it's Murata because we know GGG is not going to do it. Or I mean, it could be GGG. No, I'm just, I'm just saying, saying like Andre Charlo, whoever won, he said, yo, I want my rematch for my belt. So if you do a rematch, if you do a rematch, then yeah, I think the rematch should go in the winner's venue of choice so if it's charlo yeah you do the second fight in houston if it's andre then to me you do the next fight you do it in the garden facts facts you know so do you, do you think how, andre do you think he's a big enough draw for the garden see he, here's the thing or would he just be after energy, that fight but see off the energy see again you gotta think business and you gotta think behavioral how people behave if they put on an epic performance in atlanta mm-hmm. People travel New York, Chicago, Atlanta, Miami, Houston, Dallas. These are normal travel routes. So people who watch the fight in Atlanta are going to, why wouldn't, who wouldn't travel to New York to go see a fight in the garden? Oh, the Mecca of boxing. You know, who who wouldn't travel? Who wouldn't travel? If you want to go see a fight in Atlanta and you're already in the South, who wouldn't just go West? You know what I'm saying? To go see the fight in H-Town. So who, who wouldn't do that? And so to me, it makes all the, the, the sense in the world to do it. The venues are there. The markets are there. The demographics are there. Absolutely. The viewership is there. The money is there. The money's there inside the ring and outside the ring. A lot Man. of people can't say that. And the thing is, they could have all the money to them. Bro. It's not like they got to have a Canelo to go do that. They can build their own thing. That would and be all at the end them. of the day. No matter who actually wins or loses the fight, they both win in life. And that's how these guys got to start thinking. And so to me, that's how I would do it. I think what was missing in boxing is there aren't a lot of branding and marketing experts. 
because um, just the way people think they're too busy focused on A side, B side, and 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 having everything locked in, like the, the A side is definitely locked into this and the B side is only locked into that. When if you look at it from a business perspective, there's a multitude of, somebody can be the B side in terms of the leverage they have, but they can get A side money Correct. based off how it's marketed. Correct. Right? So it's like, they just have to uh, expand their horizons. And and and, um, and I like the conversations that we have about this because I think what the part that a lot of people don't talk about, they talk about the business of boxing, but they don't talk about boxing business. Yeah, the branding right? of the fighters and everything like that. Exactly. And then how you tap into certain markets and you can Correct. be strategic and how you take some things that are historically popular in boxing, but then how you can build off that and expand to some things that are just very, very uh, known commodities in business in general, right? Hey, yeah. And, hey, uh, Demetrius. At the end of the day, it's a business. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Demetrius, you 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 want a you want a, a sponsorship? You, you want a, a shoe deal or something? I'm sure we could work on that. I'm yeah. sure. I'm sure. Like building a brand, man, that would be so crazy. You get a Coca Cola yeah, I mean, deal or a Pepsi deal or I mean, Burger let's deal. keep let's keep let's keep it simple. They could have a, they can do a deal with boxing gloves. You know, they can do a deal with hand wraps. There's so many things that are branded that they can just do strictly in their, in their vertical industry in boxing. Imagine having a Nike glove for yourself. Right now, now to me, they're not, neither one of them are at that level yet. They need to have this fight and another one to get to look like the guys who are at that level are like a Canelo, a Pacquiao, a tank is approaching that level. Yes. If Earl Spence beat Pacquiao, he's that level. It's where they transcend sports. And then they can get out to mainstream and do branding deals. Bum, those, bum. you know, those guys are there because uh, you just when you become a household name, like Canelo's a house, like Canelo, right? Yeah. Manny or Pac Man. Then you know when it, when it gets to that one word thing, then you are that's brand. when you've arrived. Yeah. Right, tank. You know, tank is already there. You got to keep it real simple. So with Earl, you know, it'll be the truth. So. For him, if he beats him, then oh yeah, you got you. Everybody know what the truth is, you know. So it's it's already right there. Yeah. And, and so being from my background in, in in brand management and having a background in textile marketing, doing fashion, you, you simplify things like that. That's how the sausage is made in the sausage factory, and you know, and then you put this, you put the, you put the skin on it, and you know, and you roll it, package up, it, and you up. Put it out there yeah, yeah. for consumption. Yeah. And sometimes people eat the whole the thing whole, and sometimes people chop it up and throw it in something. Yeah. You know, either way you get yours. So um to me, th- th- that's where they're missing a huge, huge opportunity. Like they can literally be as big as Canelo and Benavidez. Facts. They could. Facts. They could. And if you if you ask me, they could be bigger. And here's why they could be bigger. Because while Canelo has Mexico, Mexico ain't America. And so let's say who has the bigger celebrities, who has the biggest stars, who has the bigger net worth? Biggest consumption markets. So if you think about, okay, in Atlanta, Maul, Andre, Denzel, LeBron, KD, Dame Lillard. I mean, let me go with guys. Let me give respect to guys who actually watch the fight game. Dame Lillard. All right. You got Dame Lillard, Dame Dollar showing up. You got, you know, um, you got all the, the, the guys in, in hip hop and you top music guys there, top people in entertainment, period. And then you got, you know, people in, in media there. 
Um, then you're gonna have your other dignitaries there. Hell, Barack Obama may even show up. You're gonna have you know, boxers that see, show up. Now, what can David Benavidez and Canelo do bigger than that? Besides fight, I don't know, man. But I'm just saying, like, in t- I'm talking about the business of it. The, yeah. the, see, a lot of it is the the brand, the identity, the image. When you see it, what do you see? When I see Maul and Andre, and I think about what's the best it could be. Hmm, okay, Obama. I can see Obama. I can see Denzel. I can see Jay Z and Beyonce. Two really good looking guys. I can see this. I, you know, I can see the bigger stars. I, Mayweather's going to be there. Other great stars. Earl's going to be there. You know, all the top guys in boxing going to be there. NFL guys going to be there. Absolutely. UFC guys going to be there. Now, when you look at Canelo and David, yeah, you get some UFC guys, you get that. But in terms of celebrity and sheer amounts of them, Maul and Andre in Atlanta could get more than Canelo and Benavidez could. Yeah. Strictly off the strength of the culture. See, we don't, we always talk about culture vultures and how people monetize our culture. It's because we choose not to monetize our culture. And build that shit, yeah. Yeah. Because they would get bigger stars than Canelo and Benavidez could. Because what's the bigger one? That night, that that would be a crazy night. And then I'm sure they would look at the numbers and go, we got to do it again. Yeah. And And, oh, wow. Are you really losing if you took that fight to the garden if it's Andre who wins? Are you really losing if you took that fight to, you know, the Toyota Center in Houston where the Rockets play? Are you losing? No, you're not losing. You're winning. Because guess what? Your markets are right there. Huge African-American population on the East Coast. Huge African-American population in Houston that would and be in Texas. Crazy. That would be so, so crazy. And the celebrities would go to those markets. So if I am Damian Lillard and I'm watching this trilogy, oh, the first one in Atlanta. Hell yeah. Let's say the next one is in at the Garden in New York. Historic. That's New York. Global, global market. Oh, bam, then. Oh, damn. Maul got his get back. Not the last fight, the trilogy fight is in Houston. Right. Chocolate City. What? One of the fastest growing populations in yes, America. Sir. Fastest growing cities. Damn. Man. Now you're talking about just, guys getting 30 to 50 million in fight at that point. That's my point. It would be 30 and probably more on the back end because of the to of the peep the pay-per-view sales. That would be so crazy. What? Exactly. See what? See, and that's how you make to me that's what business lacks. Business, I mean, boxing lacks. Boxing lacks. Um, they have people who know how to do business and do contracts, but they lack a lot of people who don't understand branding. Because in order to brand and build identity, you have to have vision. You have to be able to see it before it happens. And to me, this is a no-brainer. I mean, minimum is two fights. Minimum, right? Yeah. Unless long as there's no catastrophic injury or something like that. It's a fight and a rematch. So you're guaranteed Atlanta, Houston, Atlanta, New York. How, how do you lose? I, I believe if they if they were to sit down with somebody and, and be able to show that to them, there's no way. And you look, look at the leverage they have with each other. They do a big fight. Now here comes Canelo. Oh, you guys I want in. Money. I want, oh, I want in. in. Yeah. Look at the leverage you get now. They've been a big, huh, I'm, I'm Canelo level 168. Huh? I'll come down on 160 for real for now. See, now, now, okay, baby, you come down on 160. You're going to come down on my terms, not on your terms. Right. Leverage. Right. So from a business perspective, from a branding perspective, 
That's how I manage my affairs. If I'm Maul and Andre, they should be, you know, like each other. You know, I, I've never liked everybody I've done business with, but it's about getting a done and you want to have it where it's mutually beneficial. Those two guys should be able to sit down and discuss how they can do something that's mutually beneficial because both of them are going to come out of it better than they went into it. More people are going to know who they are. They're going to make more money than they ever made doing anything else. They're going to build an audience. They're going to bring in new people into boxing. And the reason why is because once all those celebrities come, all those people who follow those celebrities are going to come and look at it because that's what the celebrities are looking at. And now you force a guy like... And lastly, now you become a celebrity. Yep. See, it's the trifecta. It's all right there for these guys. Now you start forcing all them belts to come to you. Bring them belts on over here. Now the beauty of... And it puts you on the A side. So when you're talking about a Canelo, that's how you build yourself to become the A side. On top of that, you make all this money there's so much money there to be made. And there's money to be made big for the winner and for the loser. And for the so, loser. And you're talking about so, that middleweight when y'all being the best of the best in the division. Like you said, so a, a trifecta. really losing? And the reason why the timing is perfect now is not like there's one or two or three other guys that people are like, oh, you're denying this guy his opportunity. Nah, this nobody is over here. Nobody over here even really cares about GG. He's old. Nobody even cares and knows Murata. Nope. And nobody knows Janabek. Nope. So nobody's going to be saying you guys can't keep fighting each other in this trilogy because you got to give Janabek an opportunity. Nobody's saying that shit. No, nobody even. That's cares. why it's that's why it's perfect. Absolutely. That's why I it's agree. perfect, bro. I agree. I agree with that. That would be it would be perfect for them to do that. Like you said, Atlanta, when it gets to go home. Ticket sales go through the roof. Whoever wins that, if it's another rematch and then we cut, we got to come back. That's that's just nothing but money to be made. So you know who's doing that? You know who's doing that right now? Mayweather is between Tank and Dev. See, uh, I know he plan. I know he saw that years. I know he saw that shit years. He, ago. he saw it years ago. He's like, okay, no notice. Dev keep calling out Tank because Tank is the star. Dev is not a star yet, superstar yet. No, notice how Tank clapped back at everybody else, but he don't clap back at Dev. Notice that. He's waiting on Dev and he's like, okay, Dev, you got to clout chase me a little bit, but it's good because it's good for both of us because it's building your value. Now you keep winning. I'm going to keep going up down these divisions, knocking guys out, picking the choosing my fights, becoming a superstar. Yep, I'll wait you out. Now both of us rise, which means there's more money, a bigger pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. See, that's good business. Dev is like Vegas, Tank is like nigga Atlanta. See, so they can do the same thing. See, it's smart. And the thing with them is they're younger coming into their prime. The other thing is they have other foes. They have other legitimate foes that if they beat, people are like, whoa, they beat T.O. Oh, man, he he just murdered Brian Garcia. Oh, wow, they beat the great, you know, the Matrix, Loma Lomachenko. They actually have an even sweeter situation. Absolutely. They, they can Absolutely. make. Before they getting to each money. other, they can be, oh, so their fight, their Crazy. super trilogy, super fight, if they build it the right way, could be bigger than Maul and Andre. Absolutely. Because there's other, there's more competition and more fights that people want to see in that division. And they have the most important thing that Andre and Charlo don't have is they have more time. Yes. Yes. See, that's how I see things playing out. 
and you can do all this and not have to deal with doing business with Bob Arum. Never you know, had to look that yeah. way. Never had to look that way. You can do all this and not have to deal with Eddie Hearn. See, and this is what I would do if I was advising, if I worked for, for Al or if I worked oh, yeah. with these guys. Like, look, yeah, I, wanna, to yeah, me, I really want to make some money. This, look, this is how we're going to set this off, man. Now, out of people over the zone and people over uh, ESPN go whine. How come? Whoa, 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 whoa. Well, you know what? They tried to make fights with you guys. But at the end of the day, this is what we're building. We built this. Yeah. You, you didn't contribute to it. Now you all going to show up at the fights. See, just like looking Bud. Bud show up at Earl fights, but Earl don't show up at Bud fights. That right there should tell Bud, dude, your competition doesn't even come to your fights. How you that even, You're not even worth looking at. How you 50-50, bro? You come to Earl's fights because that's the show. He don't go to your fights because who are you fighting? What's the show? Where's the draw? How Omaha, do I see? How do no I see disrespect your, to the great people of Nebraska. How do I, do, I, had to go, I get yeah. to see your best skill set if, right. I, if I got to come and see that? And his team understand branding. I'm Earl the True Spence, born in Brooklyn. Bam. Always says that. Now I got a New York fan base. I can always go to the garden and get my love and get my support. They all gonna tell people, well, you know, he was like Jordan. You know, he was born in Brooklyn, right? You right? know, so you, you know my that. daddy from Jamaica, right? right? So then you got that aspect. You know, my dad, a lot of Jamaicans and Caribbean people on the East Coast, up and down the East Seaboard. You got that. Then bam. Oh, well, but you know, hey, I'm from DeSoto, Texas. Big D, I'm a Cowboys fan. Uh, I'm, I'm sitting up here on Jerry Jones. Y'all. I'm, I'm rubbing elbows with Jerry Jones. I'm in Jerry's world fight. It's like he, he had to see his business moves and aspirations match his boxing moves and aspirations. That's why he got the Pacquiao fight. And so to me, he's going about it the right way. He's yeah. building his, he's Absolutely. built his brand the right way. And that's why he deserves these fights. So Robert Garcia can call him basic all he wants to, but I tell you this much, he making more money than Mikey Garcia. I tell you this much, his pocketbook isn't basic. I bet you you won't put uh, Mikey Garcia in front of him again. Well, if he if he does put Mikey Garcia in front of him again, it is going to be worse. That's what I'm saying. You're getting a you're getting a more focused uh, Earl Spence. Oh yeah, you're getting the Earl Spence that's not drinking alcohol. Oh yeah, you get an Earl Spence that's making better life choices and decisions. That uh, Earl Earl Spence that is mature, and Earl Spence that's working with Blu-ray. So to me, it's like you know he's trending. I look at guys and see where they're trending. He's trending in the right direction. And I think the two guys that, that really get it in terms of their, their adversaries, not nemesis to each other, but adversaries to where they're going to, they understand that we can do big business together is Tank and is Devin. They never speak ill of each other's ability Mm-mm. ever. They never, now they may talk to you. Yeah, I beat you up. I just got, you know, take them. I take them. Come on. You don't fight black. Fighters. Come on, black. Come on. Cool. Tank. They'll call down. You know, I knock your little ass out. You can run, but you can't hide. That's marketing. That's building the fight. It's not saying Devin can't fight. It's not saying Tank can't fight. He can't punch. It's let's build it up, but they're not devaluing. When you hear Ryan Garcia, man, look what Lenardi did. I'll knock him out in the first round. Even even all the greats. You didn't hear hear Sugar Ray Rob. I mean, not Sugar Ray. You didn't hear Ray Leonard down in Tommy Hearns. He just says he's an excellent fighter, but he has to get up to this level. Or 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 T or T a female. Oh, he, he's an email champion. You're a dummy. So you're gonna devalue a guy that you can make money with instead of saying, you know what, that is interesting, man. You know, even though I took that designation off of Loma, 
Loma had a chance to fight Devin Haney and he didn't. So Devin Haney got that super belt and I want it and I'm coming to get it. That's what Tia Fimo should be saying. Yeah. See, if Tia Fimo said that, I might even ride with the whole undisputed thing because he did beat the man. Roy but Jones, the man gave up your a belt. second fight with B Hop, didn't you say I had to be the A side since you were talking about Earl Spence? Didn't you say that when y'all were arguing over the phone in public? Didn't you say that you had to be the A side and B Hop said, No, I'm the A side. I'm 60 40. No, I'm 60 40. Y'all made no, that how, fight happen though. But, didn't but here's you? the thing though, and this is why people have to really be careful what they say because it doesn't age well. This is the one thing I do like about social media and technology. Look at all the dumb shit that Bud has said, that that uh, Bomack has said, that the Bud supporters and lovers of ESPN has said, Max Kellerman has said, and you know, look at all the dumb things they said. They haven't aged well at all. Uh, Andre Ward, Timothy Bradley, Joe Tessitore, they're not aging well. Sam. Um, it, yeah, it affects your brand when you say things that are unethical, that are untruth, that, that aren't truthful. But better yet, it affects your brand when you say something and we know you know better. It's one thing to deal with something from a deal with somebody from a place of ignorance. But if you actually have the knowledge, but you're still saying dumb shit, man, that makes you beyond suspect. Right. Do you think Wilder's camp? Probably plays what um, plays some of the thing Andre Ward is saying that he can't, he won't be able to bounce back. You know, he doesn't have the ability to bounce. You think he, they play that shit in the gym just to keep I don't him? Think they play, I, I don't think they play it. I think Deontay is already self motivated. Mm. I think through through his own failures, I think yeah. Deontay sees, and he said it, and I give him credit. I give the champ credit because he said, "Look, it's like life, man." people have a good thing and they fall in love with it, right? That's a fact. They fall in love with That's it. That's a fact. And it, it, once you get that one thing and it always works, you know, if you, you know, ladies, the guy got that one trick and he figured out, you keep doing that trick. But at the end of the day, you should, even though you may have that one trick down, you still need to expand your game. You still need to explore and, and, and get better. And I think Deontay, um, for all the other stuff, the gloves, the water, et cetera, et cetera, you know, I listened to what he said. I would feel differently about him if he didn't say this. He said, I fell in love with my, my right hand. I fell in love with the power. You know, because I fell in love with knowing that a guy could put all his energy and efforts into being the perfect boxer for 12 rounds and all I needed was two seconds. I had the equalizer. And he said, I fell in love with it. And, and, and that led to my demise. Absolutely. And so Absolutely. even though he was being cheated, he was still being outboxed. Um, and so I think at this point, what he's realizing is, even though I'm not a better boxer in Tyson Fury, he's never claimed to be a better boxer. I think what he's saying is my boxing ability is better than what I've shown. Correct. Because I always just focused on one thing. I mean, I don't have to be as good of a boxer as Tyson Fury, but if I'm a much, if I'm a even better boxer, that gives me a better opportunity to land the shots that I know I can land. I can finish him. And so it doesn't matter how great a boxer he is, I can hit him with something he won't get up. And I have enough boxing ability to be able to land that punch more than once. I wonder what so that think, right yeah. hand to the body is going to feel like. Ooh, yeah, like a clean yeah. shot instead of it being to the head. Uh. Yeah. For me, all I'm looking at with Deontay, uh. I'm, looking at his, I'm looking at his back foot and I'm looking at his lead hand. 
So when I look at him, I still see some mistakes he's made fundamentally with the way he's delivering his punches in terms of how he telegraphs them, how the elbow keeps coming back before he throws the right hand. He needs to stay here and just shoot. You still see it kind of rear up. And, um, you know, but at this point, that might be who he is. You and honestly, his, what are you saying? His arm rears up or his shoulder rears yeah, up? Yeah, so, so what he does is when he gets ready to throw that right hand every time, he'll throw it. And instead of boom, boom, instead of just coming straight like that, his, he, he, his, he tucks his elbow in, but it goes backwards first. He always disconnects, he disengages, and he brings it back. He rears it back before he comes with that right hand. It could. And he it does could, it. It could probably yeah. just be his mechanics, you know. Like it, it could be the mechanics. And honestly, I'm nitpicking here. And honestly, it really won't make a bit of damn difference if he's better with that left hand. Because if he's better with that left hand, and you got to look at it, that's the split second you need. That even if this action takes a split second, if this is keeping the guy busy, then it gives that right hand time to get there. I'll so, have to look um, at it because yeah. if he if he's doing it a certain way, if the shoulder is coming up when he's doing it, then he's basically hiding the right hand coming up, uh, coming over. But yeah. if so it's, it's like it's just not, cocking back, then that's that's not bad. But no, no, it's, it's, just, it's it. Yeah, no, if it's he's not raising back, it, he's, and then he's shooting him off. guy, he's trying to he's trying to hide. He's trying to hide it. Yeah, no, he's not raising it up. It's he he kicks the elbow. It, it, the, the right hand is here, and then he kicks it out and backs it up. Okay. And then he comes. Okay. I think so it's like, like, it, it, yeah. like a rocket launcher where he just lifts up the uh, right shoulder and then he shoots it out of there. Yeah, but it, it comes up and then out. Okay. Then okay. back. Then he okay. shoots it out. Okay. Now, he does it very, very quickly. Yeah. yeah. He does it very quickly. Don't get it twisted. But with a guy who's a master boxer like Tyson Fury, that's what he's looking at. Tyson Fury is just steadily looking at that right elbow. That's fine, man. I just right? want to see him land that shit to the body. Ugh, so, 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 so my point is, my point is, is if he's looking at your right elbow because he's so afraid of that right hand, imagine what this hand can be doing. Hooking right? up that motherfucker. And so, yeah. Imagine, so, yeah, that's him being it, able to, imagine him being able to hook off the jab. <laughs> and, and to me, that's the most dangerous thing for him. Oh, is Being able to hook off that jab because he's got a, when he commits to it, he's got a really good jab. Um, but hooking off that jab is really bad. I, I actually think I know a killer combination for Deontay that would destroy people that they wouldn't even see coming, the double jab and then the left hook after it. So all three punches, a three-punch combination with the same hand. Because what people are doing, like Fury, and he's got an advantage because he's tall, right, and he's very good at slipping and he's constantly looking, he's expecting that one-two or at worst that one, one, two. Could you imagine? <laughs> you hit him with the jab. Hey, he's still constantly looking down. You hit him with the jab. He's still looking here. And then, bam, you hit him with a hook. Yeah, you faint that right hand like he's going for it. You, 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 bam. That would be you know. good for him. That would be good for him. It's a, it's, 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 it's a lot of yeah. things he could do, man. Especially, yeah. especially once you have the jab going. There's so many things you could do. You could faint like you're going to throw the right or the left hook to the head and go to the body. Oh, man, it's, it's yeah. just so many and, things and, that he and, could do. And that, that's the thing for him. I wouldn't focus as much on – I still focus on him, but I wouldn't put all my focus into how do I set the right hand up. I would actually use the right hand as a fucking decoy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And Absolutely. Kill him with the left hand. Yes. I would, I would be killing him with left hooks to the body and left hooks upstairs is what I would do. And anytime because, I throw the right, it would probably be to the body because I – oh. Yeah. Deontay, man, beat yeah. the shit out of him. I'm telling you, man. Like, yeah, I, I, I would focus on left hooks to the body 
um, over right hands to the body because I think Tyson Fury's left hand is better than his right hand. It and is so, the, the reason being, I forgot what I was going to say. The reason being is because Deontay's so much of a straight guy, mm-hmm. it's e- it would be easy for him to throw straight punches uh, to Tyson mm-hmm. and, and, and wear him out yeah. to the chest, yeah. to the abdomen. Yeah, see, that's what I would do. I, I would just aim for, especially because of their height, I would aim, I would throw everything in his throat, like literally but but between the top half of his chest and his chin, I would I would try to throw everything right here. I'm gonna tell you why. Because number one, Tyson sometimes his chin doesn't his chin is not always tough. He fights very tall. He's a tall guy, but all of this, his neck, if you look at it, is exposed. Nobody wants to get punched in the throat. I would not want to get punched in the throat by Deontay Wilder right hand. You know what that's gonna make Tyson Fury do? Lower his gloves. If he doesn't lower his gloves, you know what it's going to make him do? It's going to make him slip to the side, and bam, that's when you can come with the left hand. So to me, that's my target practice. Fuck the head. I don't go to the body and let him counter me the jab over the right to the body. I may faint down there. I may shoot one down there to keep my honest, let him know I'll do it. But I really focus on here to make his hands do something or to make him slip one way. So boom, he's so preoccupied and worried about this. I can really nail him with my left hand. He'll never see it coming. Man. He'll never see it coming. Because he's so busy. He's literally trying to protect his neck. So many, so many tapes I'll be watching of uh, uh look at Tyson. T- Tommy Tyson. Hitman Hearns yeah. and, and guys like that. I'll be watching yeah. so many of those tapes. Fury does not tuck his chin, bro. He does not tuck his chin. His head is up. Now he moves. He's got a lot of a lot of notices. It's a lot of herky jerky, a lot of movement, but it's never. It's never this. He's never. Well, when you six nine, you know, he kind of he for him, he's out the way of it. So when he when he rides back, he's not worried about anything hitting him. Well, he's not worried about anything hitting him because that's to the head. He gets that head out the way, but he got that big old body. And so what I do is I aim between here and here because while the head can go back, body this can't is go all nowhere. still right. The body can't go nowhere. He's got a big huge body, I and that's why I do that, that body up. I'll and I would start here first, and if he keeps leaning back, then I drop my I drop my level lower because it's the, it's the human body. He's gonna lean back like this, right? It's gonna go like this. So you hit him in the neck area is where my my everything bends right here. He's moving the head back, but then you hit here when he starts backing up, or you faint, you see he's gonna keep backing up. Then that lets you know, okay, now I can really now I'm safe to throw that. That, that that right hand to the body downstairs. It's gonna it is gonna I think it's gonna be a beautiful, beautiful thing. Uh Deontay, yeah. if you know how to work on it, or Malik uh Scott King, if you know how to work on the one, one, the one, two to the six to the body, oh it's gonna yeah. it's it's gonna be a lot to be done there, Pimp. And, and he can do yeah. it. Deontay, if he's yeah. that motivated, he can do it. He can do he, it. He and can you just gave him more time. That's the best part of yeah. it. It, you yeah, ain't heard he, that, he, man. he can definitely work at least uh, a couple more punch combinations in there. The fight's not to October. He can definitely hone in on his skills and do that, without a doubt. Oh, yeah. Jay, we've been talking for two and a half hours. I know, for two hours, man. I know it's your birthday. You got to go, man. We, like I said, we can talk all nah, day. No, we can sit here and talk all day. I just want to uh, make sure I get to some of these people. My phone is humming like a mother. No doubt. So. Cool, no doubt. Yeah. yeah. Well, happy birthday, bro. Get I appreciate to it. it. And, uh, appreciate man. it. Yo, this has no been doubt. another episode of Clean Breaks with Jamie. Today is the day of the fight. This episode will be out shortly. Jojo Diaz versus Javier Fortuna. And then the co-main is Sullivan Barrera 
versus Zorro Ramirez. That should be some good boxing or some bang out fights. Um, until next time, y'all be safe and be awesome. <laughs>